comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to The Black Box. All right, it's been a while since you've heard a fresh episode of the Black Box Podcast, but it has returned. Apologies for all delays. You know, sometimes a brother just got to handle life. But there's something that inspired me to do this episode, thanks to the gentleman that is on the other line right now. Um, he has been on the show a lot over the last couple of years. He is an artist. He is a creator. Um, you know, you've seen him, seen his art in uh, some art shows. He's known for the webcomic Ants and some other projects that are currently in development, including also Long Boxes on 22s with collaborators Sean Cosley and my and yours truly, a.k.a. the Ghost Rider. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the one and only Julian Lido. Julian, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good, man. What's up to all the people on the Internet? You know, I'm doing good here. I, I, I introduced Sean to something that uh, occasionally makes us quite quite angry it's a, it's another um <laughs> complex.com uh list clearly made up made made by babies yes made by babies yes these infants don't know and it's and it's driving me crazy i'm like look we're all entitled to our own opinion but and whatnot but complex just has has a way of getting folks heated on purpose julian text texts me one day and says sean you're gonna be mad when i send you this and I'm like, oh no! I was like, what is it? And and you were like, it's a complex, the 50 best R&B albums of the 90s. So he sent it to me. I stopped working for like two hours, heated, going through the list and literally going through every single one, and then texting Julian like, why they put this one here? Why they put this one here? Why they put this one here? Why isn't this album in here? I, my phone was burning up. That's how much I was texting Julian about this. I said, we got to do a podcast on it because I have problems with this list. I love me some R&B. And one day we'll have that podcast about the state of rhythm and blues right now, because right now R&B is just in disarray. But that's neither here nor there, nor there right now. We're talking about this complex top 50 best R&B albums of the 90s. Starting at number 50 is Mariah Carey's debut album. All right. I understand that this is the album that launched people doing runs on songs. A lot of the youthful kids nowadays, they grew up on the Mariahs. They grew up on the Christina Aguilera's, you know. They did, but on, did, wait, wait, yeah. did they grow up on the Mariah like that though? Um, they probably didn't. Nah, nah, not really. No, nah, like, not really. I grew up on Mariah because uh-huh. she she popped off in '90. Like that's a pop album, yo. Yeah, it's not a it's not an R and B record. Like Vision of Love is like the only R and B only R and B track on there. 
in, in my personal opinion. I think that's the only R&B track on that album. Say, Be- I, people didn't even know she was black back then. Yeah. I will give you three songs off of that that are, that are legit R&B tracks. Vision of Love, Love Takes Time, and I Don't Want to Cry. And like Love Takes Time does have the crossover appeal. I Don't Want to Cry, that really does fit the R&B mold of like 1990. But like the rest of that, straight pop, pure pop. Like Matola had pop on lock with that album. But that one, but like, but for most of us, we really, really started to feel Mariah Carey years later. Yeah, she like she came out as a pop artist first. There's something against that. There's nothing wrong about it. But to basically call her first record, that really, that's like talking about Janet Jackson's first record, which nobody talks about. Right, 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 right. But you understand, Mariah Carey's first record was like a major success. But like everybody know, it took her. She was young in the game. She couldn't force. The more he wanted to push her as a pop act, kind of like when Whitney is the first at Whitney album, which is an R&B record, and then there's the second Whitney album, which is a pop, pop record. record. Yep. Like Clive was like, "Yo, you're gonna be a pop artist. We're gonna we're gonna put the the curly hair. You're gonna sing. You want to dance with somebody? Blah blah blah." They ain't an R&B record. Everybody, she got booted the goddamn Soul Train Awards. Yes, I remember that man. That was some foul ass shit too. That was terrible. But like, come on, man. How you gonna how you how you gonna talk about this being an R&B record? This like he's showing you you don't know nothing about R&B. You too young in the game. You ain't even study your arts. Yes. You talking about and the, the first Mariah album is dope. Ain't an R&B record. Feel yeah. like this. Most of Michael Jackson's record ain't R&B records either. Michael Jackson's like this. These last two um, these last two records that have dropped. You know, since his passing, those are more R&B records than some than the stuff that's that dropped from him over the last few years. Yeah, yeah. Escape is an R and B record. Yeah, yeah. Escape, Escape could be the best album Michael never made that he should have made, and he and somebody else made it, and it's incredible, mm-hmm. flat out. Because no, oh, dude, I you know what? No, no, no. I'm getting this. That's a whole other conversation. I and this yeah. a whole other conversation. I ain't gonna get into. But so we got a problem off the jump, okay? Now I got heated because I got the number forty nine, and it's um, guy the future from nineteen ninety. This album should be higher. I feel it should be higher for the simple fact that one, not only wasn't a successful album with a shit ton of singles that played everywhere, plus the classic Let's Chill, which is this, which is like one of the greatest slow jams of all time. But this album, though, is responsible for basically like the sound of like a lot of R&B groups that spawned after that. If we don't have this album, we don't get Black Street. We don't get, and you know, we don't get like a lot of that R and B from like the mid '90s. We don't get that if we don't have this record. I just don't understand. But once again, it's probably these kids putting this together. We're a little bit older, so like I, I kind of got problems with this being at 49. Yeah, it's just like if I'm limiting to my list to 50, 50 joints. The future ain't making my list because even though it started a lot of things. There's two Blackstreet albums I need to have in that list. There's Michael Jackson's Dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. 
I gotta make cuts. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't. Like I want to put you in. You in my top hundred. You my top seventy five. And especially when you go through the other list, some of the other joints they leave out. Don't give me. And some time. of the rankings they have. Mm-hmm. Yep. The the future can't make it, and it's sad to me. But I'm just like, as dope as the future is, the guy is like infinitely more landmark. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's like. You still here, like, you know what I'm saying, without Guy. That was the second album, or that was the first album. No, no, no. The Future is the second album. Yeah, The Future is the second album. If you don't have Guy, right? Right. Then you don't get Pharrell, because you don't get you don't get Teddy Riley moving to Virginia Beach. You know what I'm saying? You don't yeah. you don't get Timberland popping off. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you So the future's dope. Yeah, but you, but you I can't put it in this. You you don't even get Michael Jackson's dangerous if you don't get this album. It's like when you talk about it's like when we talk about comics, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. If you gonna make events right, the Secret Wars come out first. Yes, but Crisis on Infinite Earth is way more hotter. Yeah, <laughs> yes, like it is, Crisis on Infinite Earth is like next level shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, that's like that's that's like bigger than the Temptations reunion album. All right, like it's that major. And I like and I respect where you're coming from. Like, I guess for me, this album, this is the album that sold me on Teddy. Okay, like as a kid, I was just like, who is this dude? He can't rap. Why are they letting them sing on a song? You know, just let Aaron Hall sing and let Aaron Hall's brother just dance in the background. But just like hit after hit after hit. Oh, so and, many hits. And, so. you know, they did like, you know, songs like um, like Total Control, which is basically Teddy's way of saying like, because like he had kicked, uh, I think like either Gene Griffin or some other dude that was originally part of Guy to the Curb. Told, you know, and Gotta Be a Leader. You know, just talking about all this other stuff. And those songs were completely different than like all the other songs on the album. Like, you know, like Wanna Get With You, do me right, heavy D, which heavy D guest stars on, and plus Teddy's Jam Part Two, which is just, I, I will blast Teddy's Jam Part Two any day, anytime. Jam, oh jam, jam, Teddy Jam for me. Plus the slow jams is off the hook. You know, let's chill, tease me tonight, all that. I'm like, you're right, because you, you know what I'm saying? If you don't have a future, yeah. you don't get R. Kelly in public announcement. You know what I'm nope. saying? Nope. If you don't get R. Kelly in public announcement, that means you don't get R. Kelly. That's right. That means you don't get the R in R&B. Nope. Notwithstanding the fact that I think he's a terrible person. Yes. Yes. But his albums, <laughs> God damn, his albums, though, this is like... This is my that's my terrible choice. This R. Kelly is my Roman Polanski. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I hate the man. But yo, when you But yeah, if you don't have a future, you don't have none of that. Yeah, you don't have any of them. See, and, and that's why, that's why I gotta that's why it's got to me, it's gotta be higher. You know what I'm saying? Because it it's like it's like the Kevin Bacon of R and B records, dog. <laughs> six degrees of the future yes yes six degrees of the future yes so that's and we're not talking we're not talking about the atlanta dungeon family singing that no is, is sierra's uh baby daddy we're talking about <laughs> the 
Kyle record for those yeah. who it is. Yeah. Like, why they talk about the future though? Like, we ain't talking about that future. No, no, we're not <laughs> talking about that dude. I, I, I can't, I can't co-sign that dude. I can't. I, I, I try. I fucks with the future though. I, I tried. <laughs> I fucks with the future, dog. <laughs> I tried. I for real. I tried. Like, I should have more patience with these cats. But like, I just like I'm at the stage in my life where it's like, if you don't bring it right away, like I will dismiss you. I may come back later. I may come back later, but if you don't bring it right the first time, I, I dismiss. Yeah, I fought the future for a long time, son. <laughs> I fought the future, so you can't fight the future, dog. <laughs> Seems like ever since the first day we met, there is no one else I think for more than you. Forty-eight. The waiting takes hell soundtrack. Now listen. Everybody had this damn soundtrack when it dropped in uh, in 1995. Everybody had this. Everybody had this album. I had the damn album. There's some cuts on it. I thought this should be higher. Dude, but everything but, is written and produced by Kenny Babyface Edmonds. Thank you. This joint's top 25. Thank you. Thank you. Not only that, how you get an album in 1995 with Whitney Houston, Mary J. Blige, Brandy, Tony Braxton, Faith Evans, Aretha Franklin, Shaka Khan, Petty Bell, Shantae Moore, SWV, TLC, and CC Winans. Babyface. There you go. The Face Records. Yes. The Face Records. Yes. This was during that period of time where Whitney didn't even have to cut full albums. She just was just dropping soundtracks. It was the bodyguard waiting to exhale and the preacher's wife. Like 92, 95, 96. Boom, boom, boom. Let's Autumn. not even talk about the bodyguard because that would derail. It's too early for me to derail the whole discussion. Okay, that's you fine. Have no idea. Oh no. my god. Okay. But no, no. Ready to exhale? Sound? That joint had that joint on tape. Yes. Yes. Mary J. Blige set it off with "Not Gonna Cry." Plus, you know the, the exhale shoop shoop song. Come on, man. Everybody know that. Everyone falls in love sometimes. Sometimes it's wrong And sometimes it's right For every win Someone must fail But there comes a point when When we exhale Yeah, yeah Say Tony Braxton did a song on there called Let It Flow that they made like, I think like a $2 million, it's like one of the most expensive videos at that time that was ever made that was never released. You can now get it on YouTube and be like, where all the money go because this video is awful. This album is smooth. Man, the Faith Evans Kissing You song. Oh my God, come on, man. SWV track on it. Look, now I'm see I'm getting heated because this album- Because it's 48. It's 48. And this is, and this is an era in the 90s where R&B movie soundtracks dominated, and hip R&B and hip hop soundtracks dominated the charts everywhere. Cause black people looking so excellent in them years. Yeah, man. Cause black people was making movies. People was like directors, executives. People had money, living in nice apartments. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like the next level. It was like the young person version of the Cosby Dream. So you know, you getting up, you getting that money, and he was like, "Yo, we gonna listen to our music." Mm-hmm. So we had the hip hop, you had the new Jack Swing, and you had the nice contemporary R&B. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. All this stuff was fly. You know what I'm saying? It was so fly. 
and the music was dope. It was like, it was controlled all by like Uptown New York and freaking Atlanta. And they made all the high tracks, the all high R&B, the smooth out. You felt like he was feeling good. Yeah. I wasn't an adult then. I was young. But clearly some of these people who writing this list must have been like four or something or two. <laughs> or they heard this joint later. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They don't even understand the feeling outside. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You go outside, it was like, that's all you all you heard was that I'm not gonna cry. Yeah, man. What? With with Mary J with the with the freaking thing on her head with the sunglasses on and yes. the car in the back exploded because she was supposed to be like Angela Bassett in the movie. Man, these young niggas, man. I have a problem once again with this list. Even more so, the next album, number 47, Mary J. Blige, what's the 411? Once again, this is an album that changed the scope of R&B for female artists. How is this album all the way down here? Now look, don't get me wrong, because there's another album that's up there that they actually put up up further, Mary J. Blige's, that I'm like, I respect that, I agree with that. They're supposed to be in the same... They, was, they should be within the same like five or two spots from each other. Yes. Yes. You can't have my life without what's the 411. What's 411 gives us hip-hop soul music. tried to like copy that or like tried to clone it and failed she and like she but like she had her thing and like made it work and when folks tried to copy it they knew it wasn't authentic those cats disappeared she stood tall she sang over the troy beat she sang over audio too and worked oh yeah that, that's know. a genius of puffy back then well not only that but like she also did a cover of sweet thing okay she did cover Shaka Khan's Sweet Thing. And as like, and when I first heard that, I was like, man, this is amazing. I was like, this is a beautiful song. Now, I grew up, you know, in a family that listened to like a ton of R&B music, you know, had a ton of albums. So when I hear Sweet Thing and like, you know, my mom pulls me to the side and she, and she was like, you don't remember listening to the original? And I was like, what? And she pulls out the Shaka Khan record. And I was like, wait a minute. And that was I think that was really the first time I really realized that like artists did covers. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But, but that song was so powerful that the you know Mary's version was so powerful. She made it her own, like Luther Vandross's "Superstar." His version is the definitive version of that song. Period. Period. Yeah. Ain't nobody thinking about the Carpenters. It's mm-hmm. Luther. Songs like "Love Without a Limit." Anytime I hear "Love Without a Limit," like I just have to stop what I'm doing, and I'm just like I'm just gonna sit here and listen to you. What's the full hell? The title track is though with Grand Poo on. Yeah, and then there's like the original version. I don't know if it was the original or the re, it was the remix with Notorious B.I.G. on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know. But like, like it's like once again, this album had a ton of singles and a ton of remix singles. 
Like you, you couldn't escape this album in '92. How is it at '47? You don't. That's the thing. It's crazy. You don't even need to escape it. The funny thing of it is, the joint was still playing so heavy. I ain't remember it came out in '92. I thought that joint came out like '95. That's like how much her album was getting played between in the '90s. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It, you know, it's, it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's just, but it's a beautiful, it's a great album, flat out great. And and it was one of those albums where you know, like a lot of artists don't do this anymore. If you had the tape, side A was all the fast tracks. Side B was all you the slow, slow jams. You might not even put on the fast joints. No. <laughs> you just turn it to side B. You just let it ride. Yeah. And it wasn't like the fast tracks were bad. They were they were great. You know what I'm saying? But still, that was a tradition. Fast side A, slow side B. I could listen through this whole album and not have one problem with it. So that's why I'm salty that it's at 47. 47 should be like at least... I could even give you putting it like at 20. Yes. Yes. But 47, though, and some of the albums that got higher than it, oh, you'd be like... we about to get into that. We, we're, we're like two spots away from that. Forty-six, Prince and the New Power Generation, Diamonds and Pearls. I don't think Diamonds and Pearls are an R&B record. Uh, it's a, it's a Prince record. It's a Prince record, yeah, yeah. But like you know, but like Diamonds and Pearls was big on R&B radio. Insatiable was big on R&B radio. But like you're right though, and and Money Don't Matter Tonight was big on was a big on R&B radio. But like it. It has all types of sounds because you can't. Cla- you're right. You can't classify Prince. You can't classify Prince. This is, was like this was like the first real New Power Generation era record that I remember. Yeah. And it's like yeah, Diamonds and Pearls. Yeah, that's a, that's a joint you can play. R- you can play. It's an R and B song. Cream though, I don't know. It's a Prince record. It's a yeah. Prince song. Like if you say and that to me. That means the Batman soundtrack is a, is a freaking R&B record because yeah. Bad Dance, Party Man, Scandalous mm-hmm. Scandal. is all R&B songs. Yeah. It's such a slippery slope because Prince is music. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's, he just he encompasses all the sounds. Not saying that these other artists that we talk about can't encompass other sounds, but, like, Prince is the sound. You know what I mean? And But at the same time, it's like you can't have... I don't think you can have a top 50 list of best 90s records and not have Prince on it. That's true. I would say if it was just a, I just, it's so, to me, it's so specified in R&B. It's just like, I ain't putting Prince in this list because I could actually put like a couple other joints from from the 90s Prince records on here. And I was like, if I'm putting, if I'm putting just diamonds, put diamonds and pearls, I might go get like, Gold, I might get some of the gold record up in there. I might get some of the crystal ball up in there. Like, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm picking Prince from the, if I'm just picking Prince, it's just like he goes too far because he'll go rock, yep. funk, yep, R and B, pop, mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. Just he just goes all over the place because he's a Prince record. Just like I don't know, I put him to the he's he's too genre branding because it's like him and all the the super pop acts from the '80s, him, Michael, and Madonna. Like Madonna made a house record. Yep. I ain't putting her on a house list. Right. And Madonna also made an R&B record, too. Yep. 
Bedtime stories. She, she stayed new. Yeah, for real. For real. They got Allure on this list. I'll put fucking bedtime stories on this list oh, over the goddamn no, no. Allure. Oh, we're going to talk about that because I'm heated about that. We're going we gonna to talk about that because I'm real heated about that. And you get some in vogue funky divas at 45. I, I I don't understand how this album is this low, okay? I don't, because once again, it's one of these records that changed the sound for like female R&B groups because in vogue was the joint, okay? And like, that's the whole thing. Like it, a lot of cats probably think it was just Destiny's Child. It was like SWV and Destiny's Child. And then it all, it all went away. There were a lot of female groups back then. You don't get those groups. You don't get that sound. You don't get that feel if you don't have in vogue. You have to, you know, I think this album deserves to be higher for the simple fact that, like, My Lovin', Jesus, that was the jam and a half. Uh, Give It Up, Turn It Loose. Come on, man. You know, giving him something that he can feel. An Aretha Franklin cover, mm. no less. You know? Um, it's like, it's just a great album. Like, I probably would have put this at like 35, 30, 35, because, like, there are some songs on this I don't really care much for. But, but still, yeah, it's in vogue. It's crazy because yeah. it's like you think back. If you really from the nineties, if you really remember the nineties, mm-hmm. the top female groups was in vogue and TLC. To me, when I think of Destiny's Child, I'm in college. Mm-hmm. That is freaking mid ninety eight until like two thousand. Like the funny thing is, that they talk. Don't they don't even talk about the first Destiny's Child record. Nope. They just talk about the second record with Bill Bill Bills and all that type of stuff. Yeah. So to me, that's too much like the 2000s for me to make that a 90s record. Yeah. Like, that wasn't running the 90s. And Vogue was popping from what, 90? Was it 92? Like 91 or whatever? Until it, like. From, from 90? Until they broke up? Yeah, from like um, from 90 to like like 96. Then yeah, until bro- Dawn left. Yeah, until Dawn left, yes. So, so yeah. It's, it's, it's weird because. If I remember right, I'm trying to remember the, the actual release date. Born to Sing was released in like April of 1990. I, I don't know how you. I'm like, see, that's a whole other thing too. It's like I know Funky Diva struck a, a chord with a larger audience, but like Born to Sing was what broke it down for everybody. That's you know, when it first popped off. Yeah, that's when it first popped off. So like, how is that not even mentioned? And I think the other thing that makes me sad is, is that for as talented as In Vogue is and for what we remember, you would think they had like, you know, the, the original four. You would think that they have had like seven, eight albums. No, they had like what? They had a Three? total of uh, they had two. two they, had, they, they had two records together. Dawn Robinson was on the third album, but then she left right before it dropped. So they stripped her vocals completely from the album. Completely. Mm. That's terrible. And that's why the album is called EV3. And that's why, yeah, that's why it's called EV3. It's not called EV, like, I, it's, yeah, it's the third in Vogue album, but, like, technically, it also means it's three members instead of four. And then, like, they were a trio for two albums, and then I think they added another member in 2004 and dropped, like, an independent record that, like, didn't chart. But it's, it's sad. You know, it's, it's just, it's really, really sad because, like, they could have been 
the greatest of all time. It, it just sucks because they just they couldn't stay together. And think about, like I said, all the female R&B groups of the 90s, you know, whether it be SWV, whether it be the uh, Jade, Cut Close. Uh, I miss Jade. Changing faces. Changing. Oh, cha oh, don't even get me started on changing faces. Like changing faces was charting. They were charting. And I still couldn't put them on this list. No, I couldn't either. Couldn't do it. Could not do it. Not at all. Could not do it. So, so having said that, how in the hell at number 44 is Allure's debut album even on this list? Concentrate, listen to me. Why you do me? Uh. Should I surrender when you pursue me? You think a man don't have heart and soul when the hands that good? Anybody a fool is like poetry in motion. But the heart regulates the devotion. Love is floating in the sky blue ocean. Think about it, feel emotion. Young queen. It reminds me of a smooth down movie scene. Two bodies intertwined on the screen. Everybody make love in their dreams. But this is real. Nah, I mean, nah, I mean. Passion is the way of the world. Electricity when boy meets girl. And making love is the key. A burning flame that'll last eternally. I know, I know. Mariah Carey had a, she had her own record label in like the '90s called Crave. She had like two acts, Seven Mile and Allure. They were both R&B groups, one male group, one female group. Let me tell you something. I got this album. All right, I got it. It's three songs deep, and I know it was produced by Tone and Poke, the Trackmasters. Okay, and at the time, for those that didn't know, Trackmasters also were one of those producers in the '90s where you wanted a hit they could get you a hit. There's three singles on here. The three hot singles are all singles with guests, flat out. The first mm -hmm. single was called Head Over Heels, which had Nas, and I think it also had Raekwon on it. And the second single, they did a, a cover of Lisa Lisa and Cold Jams, All Cried Out with 112, who at that time was a hot R&B group, and actually, who is even not in this top 50 list. And they actually had albums. Yes. Yes, so which is also problematic. And then the third single called No Question, which was the only reason why I bought the record because LL's on it and his rhyme and opening is smooth. But this album is not that good. I'm sorry, it's not that good. It's not. It, like if I did a top 100 of the 90s, they're probably at like 101. Yeah, Allure just ain't making the cut. Yeah, they're not. They're, I'm sorry, it's just not. It's not happening. I don't care if the album went gold. Okay. I don't, Everything I don't, went gold back in the 90s. The it, music business was, was huge. Yeah, yeah it, does, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, I'm sorry, it just doesn't stack up with stuff that's not on this list that should be on this list. You know, and I, I just, like, when as soon as I saw it, like, that was the, actually the first thing I saw when I looked at this, and, like, I, I was like, this is suspect. And I was mad. You got Bell Bibbo Poison at number 43. Now, this is where I get caught up. Because once again, this was another another group that had a defining sound. It was something that wasn't supposed to succeed. 
And then it became massively successful. I don't think even they knew how big this was going to be. I can't put this this low. It's a mixture of hip-hop, New Jack Swing, R&B slow jams. I, I can't put this album this low. It's, it's, it's lower than Drew Hill, yeah. Yeah, that's my problem. That That's my problem. I can't... And see... I don't even hear nothing from Drew Hill no more. How about that? No, exactly. Poison still get played. Yes. It's like, how are two Jodeci Jr. albums on this list... It's not even to fact that there's no need to have two Drew Hill albums on the list. Yeah. They, they were only okay. They were fake Jodeci. There yeah. was no Jodeci. We had Drew Hill. Yeah. They had some pretty good joints. Yes, I agree. And I've had some of them. But, but they put both of the albums on the list? Yeah. Who was listening to Drew Hill like that? I don't Look, I don't think nobody was listening to Drew Hill's second album. When they heard that first album, it's like, yo, this is a Jodeci record. And it's just like, it made you miss Jodeci. You know, it made you miss Jodeci. It's like, yo, this is a good record. I'm play this record. Because, te- because Tell Me, Tell Me is like one of the hottest jams of all time, even though it's, even though it's literally a Jodeci song. Still, having said that, this album needs to be a lot higher for the simple fact that for the hard sound that they had with songs like Dope, I Thought It Was Me, Let Me Know Something, and even Do Me, the fact, and Poison, the fact that they had two slow jams near the end, When Will I See You Smile Again and I Do Need You, it was like, yo, we can slow it down. You know, we can still yeah, like, don't forget we we still new edition. Yeah, yeah, we, can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was like, oh, you know, don't don't sleep, don't sleep. And so, yeah, man, I, I was disappointed that they put it this low. Now, forty two, this one I kind I, I kind of agree with, but at the same time, I'm upset because what's the four one one should be higher than this album, even though I love this album because this album has so many jams on it. Evans debut album you you know some people will say it's kind of like a Mary J Blige record and Mary J Blige did a duet with with Faith the only time they ever did a duet um with uh, Love Don't Live Here Anymore like yeah this is kind of it's kind of like a a a Mary J record a little bit Mm -hmm. I think that's because it's Puff yeah but it doesn't feel like a Mary J record no 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 no, it doesn't Faith record it's a Faith album like it was different it was like yo it was that weird time where, like, yo, everything Bad Boy was coming out with was like, oh, this, all this shit sound new. Like, yo, who Faith? Faith is out there. Like, dang, dang, Biggie Girl can sing, though. It's just, <laughs> this is just, like, you oh, oh, we'll put on this Ready to Die real quick. Then it's like, oh, oh, like, oh, the girl's over. Let me put this Faith in real quick. Yeah. 
So that album in 95 was had hits because look, up-tempo tracks like Falling in Love, Ain't Nobody, like, and those were just like, you know, mid-level up-tempo, you know, mid-level up-tempo tracks. They weren't supposed to be big singles or anything, but like, I would hear them on radio all the time here. When Soon As I Get Home dropped, so jams were tight the up-tempo tracks you know were awesome for me this is probably like one of the most complete r&b records once again it's one of those albums where i can literally listen to it from beginning to end and not be disappointed and not only that but like the last track called reasons oh dude like i, I literally got, i gotta shut it down if i play that i'm like don't bother me don't talk to me i'm feeling this record right now it's one of the best slow jams i no, leave me alone so I have a problem with it being this low, but for their list, I understand because they had 50, although they judged poorly. <laughs> I, I ain't mad at her at 42. Like, yeah. I think that's around the area I would, I would give it because even it's like a, it's like a crate. You know what I'm saying? If you're digging through the crates, that's like a joint you're digging a crate for. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's like a, if, if, that's like, if, if the whole list was an album, yeah. The Faith album is like a deep cut. Like, that's not yeah. like the hit. That's not like the, oh, everybody know, like a B-side. That's like that joint. Like, oh, that Faith joint. Yes. Yeah, that Faith joint. Yes. That's the way I see it. So, like, I ain't mad at it. I'm glad I made the list. Mm -hmm. But then you get to 41, you're talking about Enter the Judo. This like, album does not even deserve to be on top 50. No. 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 No, go man, speak on it because like I'm 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 so heated I can't even talk about it. Like I don't even, dude. I I don't. I've never I've never listened to the album. I did. That's how. That's how. It's not that dope. No, it's not. The, the singles wasn't popping. The only single that was popping was a single that was originally on the Rush Hour soundtrack. How deep is your love? That was on the Rush Hour soundtrack first. Then it floated over for the. Uh, into the Drew record. Yeah, that means it don't count as a, I don't even count that as a song for them. Right, right, right. And like, this album was terrible. Yeah. And like the only, like, I remember they had a song called These Are the Times that was produced by Babyface. But besides that, there is nothing on this record that is, is memorable. It is not memorable at all. This is not top 50 worthy. I will, like, the thing is, I'll let them have that first that first record on here. I don't have a problem with that. It doesn't need to be as high as it is when we get to it. But this album, Into the Drew, Into yeah. the Drew, no, does not even deserve to be mentioned. People gonna listen to this like Drew, and you just said you ain't listen to it. Like man, I mean that shit was on somewhere, and I heard it. <laughs> that joint ain't make my CD player. No, you know what I'm saying? Like that joint was whack. The videos wasn't even hot, man. Nope. Nope. You turn it on. You turn on MTV. You turn on. You turn on the box. He wouldn't even plug in them joints like that, man. No, it, it was not. It was. It's not worthwhile. Like it just. It shouldn't never have been mentioned at all. Just disappointed. Now you get 
Number 40, Baby Faces for the Cool and You. This is for the cool. gonna lie i love this record when this album came out it, it stayed in the car because babyface was like you know he's always been popular he's always made hits for other people and he made hits for, for himself this is around the time where you know you had this record you had the boomerang soundtrack the, the boomerang soundtrack which I don't, I don't, it's not on this list thank you thank you it's not on this list thank you how is it not on this list? You know, you have those things. Plus, he introduced the world to Tony Braxton around this period of time. This is the ultimate Quiet Storm album. This is, yeah, if you're talking about the Quiet Storm, it's Babyface for the Cooler. Sean, this album makes the list off of just For the Cooler You and When Can I See You. When can I see you again? When can my heart beat again? When can I see you again? And when can I breathe once again? And when can I see you? When does my all the other tracks literally could be garbage? Mm-hmm. And it still makes it still makes the list. That's yeah. how strong them songs is. Yes. But it's babyface, so he always comes correct. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the other tracks is just his own point. Yeah. Like never keeping secrets. I remember when that dropped, I was just like, man, like I like I hadn't heard a brother beg like that since like Keith Sweat. Okay? I'm kinda mad there's no Keith Sweat on this list. Don't get me started. There's not any, Keith Sweat isn't on this list. Not only that, I'm, I'm pause on babyface for a second. Not only that, how the fuck do you not have one album by Joe on here? I said it once and I'll say it again. You ain't got no Joe. You ain't got no, um, you got no mint condition. No, no, no mint condition. Don't get me started on that either. Don't, because like that made me heated. So heated. Joe's, uh, I think it was like 1996. uh, I think uh, All That I Am. That album, slow jams, good up tempo cuts, dominated on the the R&B charts. Everybody knew that album. Not here. Mint Condition had hits for years. I don't count that first album. That first album has like two really strong singles. And after that, the rest of it's suspect. They, then they, they defined their own sound as they went along, made better albums, made hits. One of the albums should be on this list. And I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm just, but the complex is always disappointing. So I, I should know better. But this, like I said, but this album also like in 93 when For the Cool and You came out, it also set a tone with like a lot of R&B artists because like a lot of people try to clone this shit. They tried. They failed. You can't clone Babyface without Babyface. That's right. You can't. You can't. But but his sound spread into other artists. Boys the Men, who who they actually put they put an album of theirs on here. And like I, I can't remember if they put both of them on there. We're gonna get to it. This album should be higher than forty, because it's Kenny Babyface Edmonds, and this is a classic album. Now something they got right, and I'm shocked that they got right at thirty nine.
Janet, pronounced Janet. <laughs> they actually did something right because I don't know if people actually realize how wonderful of an album this is. It is. It's gorgeous. It's it's an album when it dropped in '94. Motown's still making hits. Motown's actually making hits. And then Motown wasn't really making hits. Yeah. You know, during 94, this album drop changed everything. Hey, Mr. DJ was the jam. Vibe. The song Vibe, man, yeah. I, I can roll with that any day. But one of the greatest, greatest slow jams of all time, Sending My Love. Like, hey, Mr. DJ, vibe, sending my love, changes, you're sorry now, groove, groove thing. Oh my God, that was like a roller skating song. Like, yeah, I got played play constantly. Oh my God, it got played constantly. This album is great, and like, and it's like a sleeper album. You introduce this to somebody that doesn't really know about them, like, you know, they might surprise them. And it's a shame that once again, this is another duo or group. That really should have had a ton of albums, you know. And what I mean? they didn't. <laughs> two records, two records, and the second one came out like a few years later. It's a good album too. It's a really good album, but it wasn't. It wasn't pushed, and folks just wasn't feeling them. It's kind of like there was like Floetry without the rapping part. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because Floetry was dope too, but like I just don't think people was feeling them. It's just like everybody's like, yeah, Floetry's cool, but they never would cop the record. You know what I mean? They like the singer parts, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, but they was like, yeah, no, we're, yeah, we're not, you know, like, yeah, that Marsha, but that Marsha Ambrosius did have some. This has some nice albums though. I can't front; she's got a beautiful voice. But um, but yeah, they did right with Jeanne. Okay, Julian and I talked about this. I love Total, okay? It's like a guilty pleasure, but I'm sorry. Their debut album is not number 38. They're, they don't make top 50. Can't You See dropped on the New, Jersey, the New Jersey Drive soundtrack, okay? No one else was the official first single with the brat, and that was cool. I like that. And Kissing You was cool. After that, there's nothing on that. I'm sorry. I, I, it's, I, I can't give 
I, I, I can't. This, 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 this album isn't solid enough to be in the top 50. It's a good album. But once again, you're putting this album over what's the 411? Yeah. See, you're putting this album over Faith Evans' debut? Yeah. And the thing is with Total, I like Total. Uh-huh. They made banging singles. Yes. Yes. But you just want to hear the singles and not the rest of the album. Because the, they put all the dope work to me yeah. was in those singles. You put. They could tour off those singles because, like, Kissy used my shit. Oh, yeah. That's like, I listen to it all the time. Like, Kissing and yeah, can't you see what? Yeah, yeah, I saw I'm diddy bobbing in the chair right now, man. <laughs> oh, what? Ah, uh, yeah. yeah, but man, man no, like, yeah, like, you, yeah, wait it was kind of too hot. Like, I wouldn't have yeah. put them on the list if I'm making a R&B 90 singles list, yeah, all th- like they're gonna, they gonna have like five entries, yeah. Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no, no, no question. And I'll give them all those spots, but you mean to tell me you're gonna put this ahead of Funky Divas, yeah. yeah. True. You gonna put this? You gonna put this ahead of Invoke's Born to Sing? Mm, Mm. Born to Sing, which didn't make the list, by the way. I have a bigger problem with number thirty-seven, not because of the artist, because I am a fan of this artist. It's because they put the wrong album on the list. My man John B. Yo, because real talk, Drake somehow captured him for two years or something. <laughs> put him in this in this. If there's like a, a a a a like emo rap battery, like the Green Lantern battery, John B. was trapped in there, like 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 the freaking parallax entity, uh, 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 like the will, the big like whale thing that Green Lanterns get their will from or something, or and they just sucked them out and paused and. And that's how they got the new the new errors from from this man John B. John B. We live in that was this time. See now we got this rare fire air. We got begging Robin Thicke. We got Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. We got all these white boys out here out here killing it. We got all these British white women out here singing soul music. John B. Came out when nobody was expecting white people to sing nothing soulful because. You know what I'm saying? Michael McDonald was like the only dude in the 80s. Yeah. And there was nothing. And yeah, was he was on a sabbatical B. for a while. He was yeah. on a sabbatical. And like, you know, people, <laughs> and, and, and people knew about Daryl Hall. You know what I'm saying? You know, Daryl Hall and John Oates, you know, and Hall would, would try to do some but, stuff, yeah. but it was on the quiet. Yeah, they from the they're from the 70s and the 80s. See, it was that, that period where there was nothing. And, yeah. and John B was, he was the, he was the down white boy that could sing. And, and all the black girls liked him because he sang good. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. Bonafide, I ain't put Bonafide up there. Yeah, like Bonafide, okay, like, because Bonafide isn't that good of an album. It's like, it's an interesting debut, but like, it's this bad mix of, okay, we kind of got to make this song a little popish. Okay, no, no, this is the real R&B song. And once again, he was one of those dudes where his first single actually came from 
a soundtrack. Someone to Love, featuring Babyface, was on the Bad Boys soundtrack. Okay? That's yeah. where it, that's where it debuted, right? And like I said, I had this album and I remember trying to make excuses for it for like the longest time. And the really the, the whole thing about it is it's 13 tracks and out of those 13 tracks only four are listenable. But the thing is, if they'd have put Cool Relax, his second album on here in 97, Cool Relax is cool possibly relax, that cool is relax. one of the most one of the most well con- the, the one of the best constructed R&B records I've ever listened to ever. I will not lie. Cool Relax and Pleasures You Like that he dropped in like 2001. Those albums are almost damn near perfect. But like Cool Relax, Shine, Bad Girl, Don't Say, They Don't Know, Can't Help It, Cool Relax. Are you still down featuring Tupac? Girl, it's It's like the only the only mistake on Cool Relax is the last song called Two or More, but it was written by Diane Warren and produced by David Foster, who did shit for everybody back then. Like the production was banging, like Tim and Bob, who was like another duo. See, Tim and Bob still produce records, like like um like Tim and Bob, Tim Kelly and Bob Robinson, like um Ali Shaheed Muhammad. And 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 Q-Tip produced cool, the song "Cool Relax," but John B was a producer, so he produced a lot of his own stuff. Babyface produced two songs on here. It's just like the, the album is like "Cool Relax" is amazing. How does that not make this list? And you put Bonafide on there. You put Bonafide on there, and like Bonafide is like someone to love, simple melody. You giving it more credit than I did. It's just yeah. like it's like it's the first appearance. It's like when you. I, Anybody who listen to comics, who listen to this show, I'm gonna give you guys all the analogies. Okay. It's like when you see Hawk 181 and Wolverine's fighting and fighting Wendigo, you're like, oh, that look at that cool guy. He's all right. <laughs> that cool relax is Wolverine fighting Hellfire Club and Dark Finney Saga. There you go. So they messed up again, but once again, it's complex. <laughs> this is what I expect. So you move to 36. second album and for many they think it's his first but it's his second album my way on the LaFace record label Jermaine Dupree was like like one of the lead uh, producers on this album along with Babyface a couple other cats had a lot of hits like you make me wanna was like everywhere nice and slow was everywhere my way was everywhere this album was like so big that they made like a live record the last two live records that were actually released by labels were Usher Live, which was basically this album, yeah. live, and Mary J. Blige's uh, live album. Yeah, those were like the last two like live records, and those sold. But they still, but still, it was the, it was the '90s, so it, was, it doesn't. You know, I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but it was a different time. 
It's not a, like I said, it's not a bad record at all. Like I dig it. But like I think I would put this more towards the lower half of the fifties and like you know, instead of like thirty six. I'd probably put like forty. Like, oh. like forty, forty five. See, I don't know. I, I kind of like this. This is weird when I like the placement because, okay. like, it was I was in high school then. Yeah, and like this was this was this was big time. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he was he was so young that he was like it feels weird because just like I, you basically kind of grew up with Usher. Like mm-hmm. ninety, this young came out ninety seven. I was a junior. Yo, all the girls like this track. Everybody liked them. the Usher video. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, my way. What? Yeah. Wait, wasn't Tyrese in one of them videos? I think he was. See, I, th- I think that was when they him did in the my little, way. Um, they did the little um, uh, clockwork on shit. Yeah, I want to say it was my way. I want to say that was. Cause, yeah, because Tyrese was just coming off the Coke commercial. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He was hot. You know, he started to bubble up. First of all, there's no Tyrese on this goddamn list. No. <laughs> These <laughs> motherfuckers is crazy. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Tyrese was old and stuff before he was fucking. Roman Pierce driving these cars with Brian O'Connor and Dom Toretto. Yeah. Tyrese was that dude on some singing shit. Yeah. But, but yeah, yo, night went nice and slow. What? He was on his little R. Kelly shit, yeah. fighting people, getting beaten up. Man, he's what? And it, yeah. oh man, you make me wonder where he's like the four ushers in the chairs and he was dancing. What? Yo. The whole joint was banging. Yo, like that video Dang. confused so many people. They thought Usher was a group. <laughs> I never heard that. Oh, you didn't know that? Oh, I never heard nobody was that though. Yo, no, for real. Like, uh, I remember, like, um, I was watching Video Soul <laughs> one time, right? I was watching Video Soul. <laughs> I was watching Video Soul, and they would have like these little music news breaks, and they were talking about how like people thought that Usher was a group because they saw this video, and they're like, "No, Usher is not a group. This was a video that you know they used. Like, Usher did like four different performances at once, and they just videotaped it, and I mean they they filmed it, and then they just." You know, pieced it together like a collage. What do you mean, y'all? Some some people thought that Usher was a group. That dude, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, it's like you know, he was. It was too long ago. He was with. He was with Puffy. Like he was like he was single. Like you know, like hey, like of course it's, <laughs> they, oh, these people. Are, these people are killing me. All right, yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, but yeah, this is one of the few ones on this list that like, I'm like, all right. All right. All right. Some somebody must have wrote this. Must be thirty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm good with that. Then, like, I'll, I'll let that be. I'll let that be. I'll let that be. Now, thirty-five. This is already be higher. Yes. They don't understand. This number don't understand the impact of her album dropping after that boomerang soundtrack. Yes, and the hits. Breathe again, another sad love song. Seven whole days. Mm-hmm. You can't sleep on Tony Braxton's debut. It's like once again, this is one. Usher brought you home, son. Flip the table over that song. Yes, the fact that okay, here's the thing: the fact that this album has two songs 
is there two songs? Oh, no, it's just one. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it has Love Should Have Brought You Home, which is from the Boomerang soundtrack, right? Because that's how we got introduced. We got introduced to, the, like, the world got introduced to Tony Braxton through two songs on the Boomerang soundtrack. I'll um, Give You My Heart, featuring Babyface, because uh-huh. Babyface is like, let me set you up the right way. Sing a song with me. I'm going to set you up. I'm going to take care of you. And then Love Should Have Brought You Home last night. You had those two sing- You had those two songs in the Boomerang soundtrack, and folks was like, oh, okay. We good to go. So then you get that it's the, the solo the solo record the you know the debut album and another sad love song comes out. Damn, this is another hit. And then breathe again drops. It's like another whole. Then it's another hit. Seven whole days drops. And it's just like you like and these are all slow jams, mind you. Okay. And how many ways? Oh, don't even get me started. So, don't even get me started. You understand? If this was live action in front of people right now, I would have got up, kicked over something. Walked off for five minutes. Yeah. Then I would came back right now. That's my jam. You would have these like nice albums with beautiful singles. Other producers and other artists would do remixes because like, didn't R. Kelly do like a remix for how many ways? Is he like how many ways or like another song? Like he did a remix for. It's like it was just that was the thing. Like that was the thing to do. But like, but like, yeah, how many ways is my jam? And like seven whole days is like this whole album is just awesome. It's just full of incredibleness. And they put this joint at thirty five. Yeah. This this is making at least my. If it ain't making my top ten, it's, it's number eleven. 10. It's like it's in my top fifteen, and it's like upper, upper, you know. It's and it's moving toward ten. You know what <laughs> I mean? You know, it's moving toward ten because the more I think about it, the more that this album is just like bringing it all back in. It's an awesome record. It's like two songs that I think are eh. All the other great stuff overrides overrides those two songs. So they messed up yet again. Like Tony Bra- Tony Braxton with the short hair. Yes. Tony Braxton with the short hair. Yes. When she used to wear them dresses, but you know she ain't have nothing on under them dresses. <laughs> Tony Braxton with the short hair. Her album was so powerful, she was able to put her sisters on to get an album. Yes. And they was I. Yes. Yeah. We still yeah. living off of the impact of the first Tony Braxton album. Yeah. Her and, second and album was dope. She got good ass albums. Yeah. We still t- we talk about her sister that be on TV. Yeah, and she got an album, a solo record. Cause Tamar's had like two or three records. It's like, yeah. How? Okay. Like these people just tripping, yeah. Sean. <laughs> Tony Braxton's first album deserved to be like number eleven, number yeah. ten, or number nine or something. Yeah, bro. Yeah, like she is only three spots away from total. Hold up. Let's be honest. This nineteen ninety three. Yeah. There were girls out last night getting towed up. Guys running these streets right now. Playing basketball, being in college, that wouldn't exist without this album. <laughs> yep. 
Yep. I no, no, you're right. You are absolutely right. They don't understand. These kids that made this list don't understand. Like they've just they they've failed massively. So like I'm hurt because like I said, once again, this is like a landmark record. And I don't think they understand the importance of it. We get to the next one. Yeah. Sean. Yeah. <laughs> he done flipped the table. He done flipped the table and walked out. <laughs> Oh, they done, they, done, they done got Julian heated. He has flipped the table and walked Tony, out, ladies and gentlemen. Tony, Tony, Tony. Sons of Soul. This joint got the nine-minute anniversary on it. Yes. Yeah. Like the nine-minute anniversary. Yes. An album so powerful that the song If I Had No Loot, pop stations had to play it because they knew it was that good and were scared to play it. And they, and they had to because the song was burning up the charts. Even though they didn't want to play that like little sample that Ice Cube had where it's like, it says, like, and you can New Jack Swing on my nuts. Because, like, that was their thing, like, because they were always, like, you know, anti-New Jack Swing. Well, not always, but, like, that's, that's, they were like, no, we're not on that sound. This album is so great because it's just, it's, it's pure music. You can't sit here and tell me, like, Leaving? Leaving is, like, one of the best mid-tempo songs of the 90s. Yo, I'm grabbing my girl, we're getting out of here, we're going to go to a better place, and we're going to be all right. You know, it just, and Slow Wine. Slow wine is the jam. Like Dwayne Wiggins, when you compare Dwayne Wiggins, who you know, who is like the number two dude on Tony Tony Tony, next to Raphael Sadiq, it's like, yo, I really don't feel like hearing Dwayne Wiggins sing, y'all. But Slow Wine, he takes it and he makes it work. Just like on the previous album, um, the previous uh, previous Tony 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 album, Whatever You Want, which is one of the greatest slow jams of all time. Anybody that says otherwise, I will smack them. But Lay Your Head on My Pillows on this album. I Couldn't Keep It To Myself is on this album. <sighs> Come on, man. And like you said, the nine-minute anniversary. Nine minutes and 24 seconds. Remember, like, back in the day when, like, The Quiet Storm, and for you kids, what The Quiet Storm is, is that every night on, like, on certain R&B stations, from, like, nine, even 9 o'clock to, like, midnight, 1 in the morning, or 10 o'clock to, like, 2 in the morning, it's nothing but slow jams. Slow jams. That's it. That's the only time you could get the nine-minute version of Anniversary on the radio. Yes. It's the fact that a lot of joints, a lot of albums have like one or two classic tracks. Especially R&B and modern R&B. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you good if you get like one perennial classic slow jam on it. Mm-hmm. These motherfuckers had the audacity to hit you with lay your head on my pillow or track number seven. Mm-hmm. It's already getting everything. It's like that everything. You can drop the mic, you can walk away, you can be like, we killed it. We gonna chill. Yeah. These motherfuckers had to come out with the diamond anniversary for track 14. Yeah. The same album. Yeah. The same album. You can play anniversary forever. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that joint, I'm so mad. Siri on my phone woke up and was like, Is you all right? She just randomly talking. She want to make sure everything's okay. It's like such a great album of like, you know, multi instrumentals, um, hip hop sound, funk, soul, jazz, everything. It, it, it's, it's just, it's beautiful. Once again, way too low. This album is way too low on the list. Way too low. And like, I mean, like, I would have problems where I would place it, but it shouldn't be here at 34. It should not be. I'm so, I'm so disappointed. That's top 20. 20. Yeah, 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 I'd, I'd have to agree. Now, my problem is, is this though, because like, I can't, I'm going through this list and I don't have my Excel spreadsheet up. Boys to Men's second album is at 33. We don't even talk anymore. We don't even know what we argue about Don't even say I love you no more Saying how we feel is no longer allowed Some people work things out And some just don't know how to change Let's go Did they put Cooley High Harmony on this list? I don't, I don't, I don't think. I, I don't believe High Harmony's on this list. I don't believe they did. So, no, they didn't. So, first off, let me, re- let me, I'm going to go back on my chart here real quick. Let me, let me pause. All right, now I'm about to go off. How the fuck you not have Cooley High Harmony on this list? Like, don't get me wrong. I love, I love the second album, Okay. I love it. It's like this, you know, it's like, it's like Babyface produced some tracks. There's some good up-tempo stuff over here. Without Cooley High Harmony, you have nothing. And Cooley High Harmony had hits. Cooley High Harmony was so good that they came out with, like, a deluxe version that had the remixes on it. Because, yeah, because like, it was like, I think it was, I think it was, was that the international release? So, like, it had the, the singles, like, the, the original versions of the songs and the remixes that got vi- music videos. Cooley High Harmony is a yeah. great album. Cooley, that shit had Motown Philly. Mm-hmm. Please don't go. Oh. Uh. Ah. Parts one and two. First of all, uh. Ah is dope. You wouldn't have that freaking dope ass freaking um song on Beyonce's four countdown without uh. Ah, cause she sampled it cause she she understands she's she's of age. You know, <laughs> the impact yeah. of certain yeah. joints. And it had, it's so hard to say goodbye. Yeah. How you I, have that on your R&B list? It's so disappointing. That's, I'm, I'm just, like I said, I'm done. I, I, I'm done. Not only that, but like, this was during a period of time in the 90s, when we talked about some other albums like this, where first single drops... A year later, you're, roll, you're still rolling singles a year, a year and a half later. Okay? Still. Still. And, yeah, man, like, I'm so disappointed. I'm so disappointed. Yeah, I got the, um, I bought the reissued version of Cooley Eye Harmony that dropped in, like, 93. And it was a reissue, and it had all the songs from Cooley Eye Harmony. Plus, it had um, the remixes for Motown Philly. Um, the, yeah, the remix radio edit from Motown Philly, the Simpin' remix 
I love that music video. And like uh, the radio edit of It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday, and um, which was like more overproduced. And then like the acapella version. And also had like the Spanish version of, of End of the Road and the like um, um, English version of End of the Road. Love that album. How the fuck do you not have this on this list? It's like, if I got to choose between two and Cooley High Harmony, I'm choosing Cooley High Harmony. I'm not even putting two on the list. Don't get me wrong. I love a, I'll Make Love to You, okay? That's a great fucking song. All Around the World, that's my jam, okay? Vibing, I'm good with. You know, like, I sit away, I, like, I really like that song. <sighs> I'll Make Love to You on Bended Knee, 50 Candles, Water Ones Dry, okay? That's the jam, too, okay? Water runs dry. That's my that's that's my that's my jam too. See this your thing. You ain't got. See this is the thing. This problem with the list. You should have both on here. Mm-hmm. Drew Hill shouldn't have two placements. No. no Genuine shouldn't, shouldn't have two placements. Oh, we gonna talk about that too. We gonna talk about that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not when you got boys in Manhattan putting their first two albums on that landmark. That's when they was breaking Elvis and 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 and, and Beatles records and shit. Yeah. It was. It was like Boys and Men of Mariah Carey was just literally just smashing, smashing. records. And Whitney Houston, they were just like, oh, yeah, all your white artists you guys used to love back in the day. <laughs> Yo, we breaking this shit like it's the 96 Olympics right now. We just like, <laughs> it's like black people just like, oh, yeah, we can run the 100. We can run this freaking 100 meters in like seven seconds. Y'all motherfuckers don't even know. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, doing it with, the, with like with ease. I mean, like hit, hit after hit after hit after hit after hit. I really think people don't understand how powerful how powerful R&B was in the 90s. Even with the influences of other sounds and other musics, R&B dominated the 90s hard. You know what I mean? Like it has so much influence, and so much pull just like hip hop, but like I you mean to tell me like you said Drew Hill got two albums on here and it's supposedly they better than Cooley Eye Harmony. Get the fuck out of here with that. No. No. Pause. Now, I'm going to take a momentary break from my minor rant against uh, Complex Magazine and their uh, jacked up top 50 R&B albums of the 1990s. A little side note here about all the groups and acts that will not be mentioned in the top 50 list by Complex that probably may have gotten a mention or even an honorable mention. But because they jacked up this list so much, you will not hear the following names in this top 50 list. Silk, H-Town, Montel Jordan, Luther Vandross, Luther Vandross. That's all I really got to say. Intro, High Five, Brownstone, Troop, After Seven, Shanice, Karen White, Brand New Heavies, Vanessa Williams, Mint Condition, Levert, Gerald Levert, The Soul Food Soundtrack, Mo Money Soundtrack, Deborah Cox, The Uptown MTV Unplugged CD, and Shy. And that is just a handful of acts that did not even get placed on Complex's top 50 list. A lot of other top 50 lists with people with actual true musical knowledge that weren't trying to troll people probably would have put some of these acts on that top 50 list. Um, like I said before, I am salty that they did not put Boys to, Boys to Men's first album, Cooley High Harmony, on there. And in order to calm my saltiness, you know, right now, we're just going to play a little slow jam. We're just going to let it ride, too. We're just going to let it all ride so we can all relax. So if you're around your girl right now, you know, you got this playing on your stereo system, playing through your TV or wherever, however, turn it up, a little slow jam. You know, grind, grind with your woman, your significant other on this one. Please don't go, boys to men. 
when the song fades out, the show will continue. Peace. Hey, baby. I'm sorry. I never meant to hurt you.
I, once again, I like to, I enjoy to. Cooley Eye Harmony is much better, in my opinion. That's why I'm going to leave it. I will say this, and I will give Complex this. I did not see this one coming, and I have to admit, it's a nice choice because of the fact that as a kid, like, you know, as a teenager, I didn't know all these songs were on this album. I thought this was just on, like, a regular Stevie Wonder album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. This is the Jumbo Fever soundtrack. Right? Yeah. It's, it's a Stevie Wonder album. It's a Stevie Wonder album. When was the last time that they heard you say, Mother or Father, I love you? And when was the last time that they heard you say, Son, I love you. Once you say you cherish every day. Fun day. These three words, like these three words, like when I was like 16, I'm like, this song's gonna make me fucking cry. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if she breaks your heart, chemical love, you know, stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, this was, you know, it's it's an interesting album. Oh, like the jungle fever, like the actual jungle fever song, like that was that's yeah, that's that's kind of dated. But like I was really shocked that they put this album up here and that they put it and that they put it this high because I forgot about it. So it's like, yo, good R and B soundtracks, I'm good with that. But like I didn't think one it would be this high. I didn't even think they would be smart enough to put it up here. I, I didn't think they would even be smart enough to know it. So I like, I like it. I wouldn't have put it at thirty two. Yeah, yeah. I, I um I wouldn't have put it that high either. So but like I w- I have to give them props because at least they thought of the record. I have to give them that because they have failed me. They have failed me a lot on this list. I'll give them that B minus. All right, they turned. They they did the little extra credit work. I'll give them B minus on that. <laughs> yeah. Destiny's Child, the writing's on the wall at number 31. You know what? My first thought, because I'm looking at the cover right now. Yeah. Beyonce wore too much makeup in the 90s to be a kid. She always looked old. She looked older in the 90s when she was like a teenager than she does right now because they yeah. put too much makeup on her. But that was, it was, a, you know, it's too high to me. It shouldn't be 31. Because I think the best Destiny's Child work came when they. When they went to three, when they went to three members. Do you think this is more of a pop album than R and B record? Nah, it's an R and B record. It's a pop R and B record, but it's still an R and B record. Because okay, come on, they singing about can you pay my bill? Like it's that joint. That joint is too. It's too Texas. Yeah, like it's there's a pop sound. They're able to write good songs, but build the bills. Freaking bugaboo, bugaboo, bugaboo though. Yeah, like that's the that's the joint though. That's the like it's some good joints. I just don't know. Like jumping, jumping. It's an R and B. Like it's a it's a dope. Young, you know, say my name. Yeah, yeah, like for real, like like say my like yeah, say my name. Like that's. That shit is so, that shit is so boy they had this had this motherfucker Aubrey singing this shit at fucking concerts. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. like he, he made a whole fucking song called "Girls Love Beyonce" off of this off of that one song. It's a dope, it's a dope song. Like, yeah, I like the writers on the wall. Yeah, I ain't putting that joint over Tony, Tony, Tony though. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I would, not, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I would tell no. that. I would tell that to, to Queen B's face. 
You know what? You know what? Better yet. Better yet. Because we're talking about groups and I'm heated. How in the fuck do you not have New Edition's Home Again reunion album on this list? <laughs> How do you not have this album on this list at all? It ain't hurt it. I'm telling this, you, it hurt it. That album is great. Flat out great. And I and no one thought that that album was ever going to happen. That's the Ever. truth. Because Bobby no was out there wild. You know, they all got back together, had a hot first single, had a you know, like all the songs was dope. All of them. Everybody got to sing on, on, on that album. Everybody. The slow jams was dope. The up tempo tracks was dope. Jam and Lewis were the primary producers on the record. Like, how is that album not on this list? How? how I can one up you. TLC tip ain't on this list. You, you can't put as much as I love, like, and we're gonna get to Crazy Sexy Cool because it's up there. You can't get to Crazy Sexy Cool if you don't have Ooh on the TLC tip. That album had hits, period. Like, Jermaine Dupree put in work and Babyface put in work on that album. Dallas, all about, like, Dallas Austin, yeah. You can't, there's a reason why VH1 had a highly rated that all of Black Twitter was watching. TV movie <laughs> about TLC. Because so what you say? It's like, <laughs> said, oh, that, that uh, freaking uh, Little Mama's the best freaking uh, left eye cosplayer of all time. Like, 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 like yeah, like, um, like, ooh, on the TLC tip. That's all, like, that's, if we're going to go about, like, like, if Mary J. Blige. In terms of solo R&B, hip hop solo R&B, mm-hmm. the group version, the female group version, is TLC. Yeah, like yeah. You, they came out the same year. They took over the radio at the same time. Like, baby, 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 come on, come on, yeah, man, that shut it down. Like, Babyface was like, look, I'm going to give you a hit. I'm just going like, to leave this right here. I'm going to leave this right here for you. So many joints. Yeah. What about, too proud to bang? Yeah. what about your friends? Yeah, come on, man. The whole album, I played that tape so much. Like, and you ain't gonna have that on the list at all? Yeah, see, at all? Pro- and you putting on two Drew Hill records? <laughs> you 
putting a Luru on this list? Yes. No, no one twelve records either. No one twelve. You know what I'm saying? Not to slight Destiny Child. Right on the wall is good. I yeah. wouldn't put it at thirty one. It'd be in my forties. Okay. Okay. Because some of their better joints is when they was a is when they had that little split with with Latoya, Latavia, mm-hmm. and they brought in the two new girls. Michelle stayed. When they became like the best-selling female R&B group of all time, there's a reason. That's when 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 Beyonce threw the groom to the songwriter that she became. It's later, it's 2000s era Destiny's Child. Mm-hmm. So this this writing on the wall is it's literally the writing's on the wall. So I'm putting that in the lower numbers. Now yet again, Complex does something that actually surprises me because the placement. And, and like once again, the, the, some of the albums they put on here, they're just wrong. But they, they every now and then they surprise me, because once again, because you look at this list and it's like I didn't once again I didn't think they were smart enough to know of Donnell Jones. be is a really good album i would actually have this in the 40 like in like late four like late 40s i probably have this in like 48 because you know what's up is the song where i want to be is a great song where i want to be is to be his that's the only song i really remember him for like you know what's up dude i had that on heavy rotation like heavy rotation and like because then the remix of you know what's up is the same version but they had left eye rapping on it yeah and but yeah like this was a this was a really good album I don't think it's 30 worthy, but like for a sophomore record, which, and I'll admit it's better than his freshman record. His freshman record's good, but like it, it suffers from like some tropes, you know, some like some typical R&B tropes, but it's still good. It has some tight singles though. Had a nice little cover of Stevie Wonder's uh, Knocks Me Off My Feet and a hot remix for it. And, and like, you know, You Should Know, which was a dope song and had a remix for that um, with little C's on it. But Yet again, his sophomore effort is way better than his freshman effort, but it's still way too high. And once again, there's no Joe on this list. So I, I can't. I, uh, so, like, it's no offense to Donald Jones. I'm, I'm a big fan, but, like, I got problems with that. So, so you know, it's, it's nice that they thought of it, but they, they still messed up. So now we get we get interesting because, you know, we talked about Mariah Carey at 50. We are in the 1993, and at number 29 is Mariah Carey's Music Box. Had like you know some, something that had a little bit of hip hop sample to it. It's R and B cut, but it still got some pop appeal. You know what I'm saying? You got that Big Daddy Kane sample. Yeah, yeah. We're about to get like you know Mariah's about to make that major shift to like just pure R and B sound. You know, but you, but then you had the song with the choir because you know Mariah had to bring a choir in. Mm-hmm. Um, with anytime you need a friend, you have the ultimate pop song with crossover appeal everywhere and hero. Okay, 
But then you have another pop cover of Without You. It sounds like all I ever really like all I ever wanted. See, to me, Music Box should be near you know near the bottom of the top 50 list. And other Mariah and like the album after this, after Music Box, that goes up higher. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like again, like that's for me, it's like I ain't putting these Mariah Carries in the in the R and B list. If I'm talking about nineties pop records, them first two is in the in the top twenty. Okay. Music box is probably in the top ten. Right. Plus her unplugged record. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. she can sing, clearly she's getting older. She's getting to a point where she don't want to be controlled as much anymore. She, by that time, she's probably selling, I think she was already selling like 10, 20 million albums. Mm-hmm. So she's starting to just like, yo, I know what I'm doing. I want to do this so that we get fan. Like, I'm, in terms of Ombi records, I ain't putting in, I ain't putting her in until we get to the, the next record. No, I'm not even putting this in. I'm not putting it in just because Dream Love is an R&B record and the rest is really great pop performances mm-hmm. that are really dope. They're really great songs because you want music is music and all that stuff. But in terms of category, we speak. We talking about '90s R&B. Let's be honest. We talking about '90s black radio. Like, like Mariah Carey was top forty, and she hit us with the Dream. She hit us with the Dream Lover. The Dream was hot. And you know what I'm saying? She's synonymous. When I was his age, I, I made a choice. It's like, Mariah Carey, all right, if I'm picking between Mariah Carey and Janet Jackson, I'm Janet Jackson all day. Yeah. So Janet Jackson's making R&B records. Yes. And she was also throwing in, like, a house record. She was throwing in some, some rap joints. She was having heavy D up on her shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, next level. Mariah Carey. You know, she wasn't in the, she wasn't in the business as long as Janet at that point. Nope. She ain't had that weight. You know what I'm saying? She ain't had that weight to put in. So she was she was starting to flex here. It's, it's not it's not making them 29. It's not making my top. If I was to let it in, it'll probably be number. It would be number 50 instead of her first record. Twenty-eight, one of my favorite records. Ninety-three was a great year for R&B, especially for, for for young R&B solo acts because you had Usher's "My Way," and then you had like what Usher would call the anti-Usher, Tevin Campbell. I'm, I'm ready. ready. What? You know? What? I'm ready like Tevin Campbell, man. You know what it is when you say something like that. Yes. You know? Yes. With produ- with with songs produced by Prince, Babyface, and Narada Michael Walton. Once again. And also, let us not forget Daryl Simmons also did some stuff on this on this album too. I'm I'm ready is that joint, but can we talk is that joint? Can we talk? What? Yeah, that that's that joint. Um, don't say goodbye. Come on, man. That's one of those albums. Like if certain songs come on, 
I literally just had to say, look, I need all y'all to leave me alone because I need to listen to this because I'm about to get caught up in it. And just just leave me alone. Don't talk to me right now. It's like hit after hit after hit. I think Always In My Heart was in that, uh, was also on that album. And that was a Babyface produced song. You know, like I said, Prince did a couple songs on here. Like, Halls of Desire, that was a nice little song. This is where you first hear that song, Shh. You hear that on Tevin's album first, but come to find out, I didn't know that was a Prince song until I read the credits. And then you hear Prince's version. Was it on the Gold Experience? I think so. I think so. Yeah. So many dope songs. Like I said, Can We Talk, Don't Say Goodbye, Girl, I'm Halls of Desire, I'm Ready, What Do I Say, Always In My Heart. The sh song, and then like Brown Eyed Girl, track 13. I'm like, this shit is just nice. So I'm not mad that they got this album right here. Am I a little salty that they didn't have the other Tevin album in? Because the other Tevin album had like mad hits that were on the chart forever. But I'm okay. I can let that be. I can let that ride. It's all right. But like, I'm proud of them for at least getting this one on here. So I, I, I'll have to give them that. Yeah, I ain't mad at this one. I no, ain't I ain't mad. mad. No, I'm not mad at all. Look, 27. Actually, this is his, really his second album because people forgot that like he had a solo career. That's why he got a new edition. Yeah. That's why he got a new edition because he already had some joints out. Yeah, and he also did them, them albums with Stacey Lattisall. Mm -hmm. See, that's kids. I know y'all don't know who Stacey Lattisall is, but in the 80s, Stacey Lattisall was kind of something. So just ch check out some Stacey Lattisall. It's 80s. Just deal with it. He leaves New Edition. or New Edition breaks up after any heartbreak. Comes out on the solo joint. He's got the up-tempo track, Rub You the Right Way. Then he's got My, My, My. Look on your red dress And slip on your high heels And some of that sweet perfume It sure smells good on you Slide on your lipstick And let all your hair down Cause baby, when you get through I'm gonna show 
come on, man. Everybody knows my, my, my. If you don't R&B music, you know my, 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 okay? Pro- songs produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. L.A. Reid and Babyface. Just, what? just, listen to this. You understand when we see these, these, these names? Yeah. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Yeah. And Babyface. Babyface. Yeah. They was crafting all the R&B music. Yeah. Like, they shaped all it. All the R&B music. They shaped it all. And, like, you know, like, in this around period of time, you know, Quincy Jones is still around. Okay? I know. He was still putting out them banging Quincy Jones records. Right, right, right. But, like, these cats was just, like, holding it down. You know, Trackmasters over here. Tim and Bob over there. But, like, you knew who the core was. You knew who to, you, you knew who to go to. But think about it. Now, I, let's, let's be real. Like, I'm looking at the album right now. As far as Johnny Gill's singles go off this album, Rub You the Right Way, Fairweather Friend, Wrap My Body Tight, Feels So Much Better, My, My, My. Those I know will release the singles. And then on The Quiet Storm, <laughs> or The Quiet Storm, they would play Just Another Lonely Night and Lady Du Jour. They would play the, they would play the fuck out of those two songs. Like, I'm good, I'm good with this because, hey, this, in my personal opinion, this was probably Johnny's best solo record. Even though I like his second album, his second album has like a a lot of hiccups. But I think this is his best solo record, though. Although, let me double check because I'm about to get heated. If because I'm about to get heated, if if they left out another album, I gotta check the date of release. Because if they left this record off, I'm about to yell again. So please prepare. How the fuck you not have Ralph Tresman's solo record on here? They don't know about that Ralph Chaz, man. Okay. They don't know nothing about that. They don't know nothing about that Ralph Chaz. How do you not have that album on? What they know about? What they know about sensitivity? I don't know about sensitivity. What about do what I gotta do? Stone Cold Gentleman. Like, how do you not have that on it? How do you? Do not. How do you not have that on this list? Do they? What they? They got two Drew Hill records on here. Oh God. They got two genuine albums on here. Oh, you know what? Let's keep moving because I'm I'm about to go off. I'm about no Tyrese records. No Tyrese. No Tyrese. Okay, I'm moving on because I'm getting mad because they should have put the Ralph Tresman album on here. I'm mad. And they all, and they only got we get to the number twenty six. The original Ralph Shakers. Baby got them open all over town. Strictly bitch, you don't play around. Cover much grounds. Got game by the town. Getting paid is a forte each and every day. True play away. I can't get her out of my mind. Wow. I think about the girl all the time. Wow, wow. East side to the west side. I think they only get they only got the second Black Street album. I think I think you're correct. I think because they ain't got the first one, which is an entirely different mode. Right. It's it's an, it's an entirely di- like you know like two members was gone by the time I, from the first album like uh, Levi Little and. Uh, Oh, I can't remember the other dude's name. Like, the other, oh, he was uh, a beast because he had his own Dave Hollister. Career. Dave Hollister. Dave Hollister. They both had some uh, joints. Yes. So they both leave, and then they replace him with like uh, I think it's like Mark Middleton and Eric Williams. And you th- you're thinking, man, that how is this group going to survive? Because like you know, um, Dave Hollister and Levi Little, they could sing. Well, how what they going to do? He had Chauncey Black, all right, but still, what they going to do? And it was two different sounds. That first Black Street album sound is a whole different sound than another level. The second album. Mm-hmm. Both the albums are great, okay? And they both had songs that were at that time like landmarks for R&B, okay? Like, say, for instance, Joy on the first Black Street album. 
a song that supposedly was originally meant for Michael Jackson. Teddy was like, I'll take that back. Joy is like one that is like one of the dopest slow jams ever. Ever. And like the up temple stuff, yeah, the up temple stuff's kind of dated, but still at that time that shit was hot. It was all hot. But like another level, that's a great album too. And both albums should be on here. Once again, two Drew, two Drew Hill albums, but not the other Black Street album. Are you serious? You know, because when you look at Black Street's catalog, you remember the first two albums the most, period. Yeah. Period. Black Street was something. Yes. And, and, I'm, and like, I'm not going to front. Like, this, this Black Street album is loaded. Like, from No Diggity, Fix, Good Lovin', Let's Stay in Love, Never Gonna Let You Go, um, I Wanna Be Your Man. Like, they even like did like a slow jam cover of Money Can't Buy Me Love, which I find to this day to be hilarious because they was like, oh, we're going to pull this off. And they pulled it off. And I can't get you out of my mind. Happy song, aka tonight. Like it was like, hold up, we're gonna we're gonna put, we're gonna, we're gonna put a we're gonna put a church song up in here. These dudes read like <laughs> did a, basically rewrote Elder Barge's um, like uh, time rule reveal. This time, loves for real. And it's like, yo, we're gonna make a song called "The Lord Is Real," using an Elder Barge song as the bass. <laughs> that's what tickets that's that's Teddy that's right Teddy. there. That's Teddy. Like, cause come on, man. Then you think about that first one. It had Baby Mine on it. Yep. It had that man. The joint is to stand out to me is before I let you go. this on the list nope i leave this on the list nope nope once again two drew hill albums two two drew hill but not the first black street album like i I, and i I dig this one too and i'm good that they put it up here but still yet again first one should be on there too so now we get to 25 we get to genuine's the bachelor now i will give you this Timbaland was hot during that period of time. Mostly, that's another producer of the 90s and today. Timbaland. That's another dude. You wanted a hit. It took him a while to cultivate and find out who he was. Because, like, you can hear Timbaland on some on uh, Jodeci's second album rhyming over, um, rhyming over, I forget which uh, which track it was. You know, he was he was like trying to like, you know, understand, get get his flow, get his style, get himself worked out. And then he finally, you know, he found his sound. And he was like, yo, I'm gonna do my thing. And he helped make Aaliyah's One in a Million one of the best albums ever. 
and he also introduced us to Genuine. Now, I'm not going front. The Bachelor is a, is a really great album. I'm good with The Bachelor, okay? I'm good with this one. Do I put it at 25 with all the albums we've talked about? No. No, I can't. I can't. It's lower tier than a, than a top 50. Doesn't mean it's bad, but I have to put it down lower. The production on this is tight. You know, Genuine, yeah. can, Genuine can sing. I'm good with this album. I am. I am good with this album, but I can't. I can't place it this high. But it deserves to be on the list. Like I like his second album more. I don't think you, you can't have both genuine albums. You can't. So genuine. like, it's like if I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna pick the second one. Cause for this one, I only really like the one that stands out to me is the single is Pony. I'm just a I'll do anything. That's that's the jam. Let's see what else. Like Lonely Days was the jam. Only when you're lonely was the jam for like for me. For me. And, and Pony. Like I, I can get like five, six songs out of this, no problem. Damn shit not putting it at 25 though. If I'm yeah. at the list of 50, yeah. I'm, it doesn't make the middle spot, the breach between, you know what I'm saying, the lower ranks and the higher ranks. Yeah. Like, nah, man, you bugging genuine miles eight. Yeah. He ain't yeah. Yeah, it's shit. Yeah, it's shit. Yeah, it, it's complicated. Like I can't, I can't put, I can't put this album over Ralph Tresman's Ralph Tresman's solo solo record. Even if you just go by what they actually have on the list. Yeah, I can't put this. You in. can't put this over Johnny Gill. Nope, no, you can't. Nope, you can't put this over Twenty Twenty Something. Man, I can't put. I can't. Man, how's, you can't put it over Faith. How you can't put it over What's the Four One One? How's this album over? I'm ready. How, how, see problems, problems, complex problems. In classic complex, let's throw you a curveball and sh- kind of show you we kind of know what we're talking about, but we don't know what we're talking about because we just think people talked about this and we overheard it, but we probably never listened to it. Number 24, Groove Theory's first and only album. Let me keep it 100. I love, I enjoy Groove Theory. I love, um, I, I never pronounce her name correctly. Is it? Uh, Amel LaRue. Amel LaRue, yes. Love her vocals, okay? Nobody remembers who Bryce Wilson is anymore. Like, Bryce Wilson was like a like hot producer for like about a year or two, disappeared. Don't nobody talk about him no more. But that's not the point, though. My point, though, is this. Like, Tell Me is the jam, okay? No one talks about this record because this is not a complete album. The name of the group, which is also the name of the album, specifically explains to you what the album is. Mm-hmm. Groove Theory. It is an experiment at a sound that in a way is two years too early. Yep. If this would have came out, when Neo Soul popped, we would still be listening to half the tracks to this day. In fact, when you read the way they explain this entry, 
when it gets to the point where old heads still lose their minds when Tell Me finds his way on the playlist of a local bar, explains the mind space of the people who are writing these things. I have a simple fact that at 34, I guess I'm old. Tell me when that shit came out in 95 on the radio. People need to understand. Mary J had some joints out. Fuji's didn't explode yet. Biggie had some hot joints out. Junior Mafia was blowing up. Faith, Faith had some amazing songs out. Black Street was out. Black Street was killing with tonight. You know what I'm saying? The West was still strong. Mm-hmm. Tell me came on. Like I got this album in vinyl. Mm. Vinyl. Tell me comes on. It's just it's just everything now because it's still that it's still that it's that important. You hear it once you hear it, you know it. Amelu's voice. Yeah, man. It's so amazing at the types of tone and resonance throughout that song. Anytime she sings, period. Yeah. Like it bears into you. It like it envelops you. It's like it's like its own thing. It like it possesses you. Yes. It takes you over, and and you just roll with it through the song, and it's over. Like her her voice for me, like it, it catch it, it will catch you, and it will like hold you. Like say for instance, Sade. That's what like seriously to me, her voice is that powerful for me. You know what I mean? Like you just come here, come here, and like I don't and I don't I don't move. I don't leave. I don't leave it. You know what I mean? I don't you can't leave, leave it. it. No. Takes you over. You know, so, but do you feel that it needs to be this high? Nah, the album, nah. Yeah. The album ain't even making my top 50. Yeah. If I want to talk about experiments and, and trends uh, of things that begot other things, like we going through a list especially about that. I'm putting this on there. I'm putting like, when you talking about God, the future on there. Yeah. I'm putting a lot, of, I'm putting one in a million from Aaliyah on there. You know what I'm saying? Where you can hear certain albums that then set precedent for other albums. That's when I'm putting Groove Theory on there. Yes. But on a top 50 R&B album, nobody was cranking the whole album like that. If people was cranking the whole album like that, there would still be a Groove Theory. You're absolutely right. So, nice try, but you done messed up. Now, number 23, off of uh, Dallas Austin's uh, Rowdy Records label. debut album miss thing I, I played the living daylights out of this record i you know i i don't i can't say nothing about it because it's like for for its time like everything hit for its time like don't take it personal like this like that get down with you skate but tell me if you still care which like she's saying an sos song sos band song by herself that's bold okay that's bold she was like 15 16 at the time you sing an SOS band slow jam originally produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. You sing it by yourself. I'm like, I can't. I was like, you got it then. 
you got it. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, before you walk out of my life, why I love you so much. It's like forever, always at the end. Dude, I just, I, you, you can't, I can't frown this record at all. Because, like, when it came out, it was hot. Yeah, she was like, wait. She was like, the second act on all that. Because <laughs> the first act was, of course, was TLC because they did the theme song. But she's like, the second one. Yeah, yeah man. Monica, the first album was dope. I used to have that on CD. It was dope. Like, that was the era in which Atlanta was making really. Atlanta came out with all the real, the real hot, especially once it hit the mid 90s. Yeah. They came out with all the hot black R&B music because everything was coming out of the face. Yep. And like the other little labels that was satellite the face that come out of it. So like Dallas Austin got hot through the face. Even Jermaine Dupree was connected to the face to make so so deaf. Yep. And you know what I'm saying? So like all those things is there. And it, and it made things cool. They made cool music. Mm-hmm. It was cool for young. It was real good time to be be young in the nineties. Like things was fresh. Things oh, yeah. were still kind of new. No doubt. No doubt. It was it was great. Like I said and and the thing is, is that like we've talked about a lot of artists, but what's even more crazy is that there were a lot of talented artists dropping singles and albums that if any other time, if they had dropped maybe either three months early or like three months later, they probably could have been, you know, superstars. You know what I mean? But that's how much talent was out there. Like, I mean, that I mean, it was insane. The amount of talent that was out there, you know, that didn't make it through. Monica did. And that album this I'm good with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with it. Like, I have no complaints. Just get an MJ record Michael Jackson's 1991 Dangerous Teddy Riley production and like Teddy is heavy in the beginning you know this is like in the beginning this is a Teddy record yeah Jam Why You Wanna Trip On Me like I mess with I I fucks with that song man (laughs) I fucks with that song In the Closet come on man we all remember that music video we all remember that music video and we remember that song too. Cause like this was around that period of time where like Teddy was like incorporating like mechanical sounds into his music too. You know, it was weird, but it was dope. To this day, I'm still shocked that She Drives Me Wild, aka She's Got That Look, was not a single for this album. Because that was the banger for me. That's because back then Michael was still so powerful. <laughs> At least this three quarters of his album was singles, basically, and he might have two joints that might not be. It might be just like random B sides that might get some play. Yeah, because all like it's if you going from like from what if you go from off the wall, Thriller, Bad, and Dangerous, basically almost all those songs are single work. Yeah, and hell with Thriller, every song was a was a single. So yes. it's it's like yeah, like. This is one of those weird albums like Prince. It's just like, I would leave it in. I get why they put it in there because now it's cemented with the fact from things like the VH1 Hip Hop Honors and all these little special stuff that Dangerous is a new Jack Swing record. Yes. So it's now wikipedia that you have to know 
that since it's a New Jack Swing record, that we should probably put it in 90s R&B. Mm-hmm. It's still a pop record to me. And I see, I get why it's on the list, and I'm not mad at it. Yeah, you know, but see, you know what's weird? You know what's weird? The thing is, to me, it's an R&B record, but it's presented as a pop record. Here's why. Yeah. Here's why. Jam, why can I said before, Jam, why you want to trip on me in the closet? She drives me wild. Remember the time. One of my favorite songs ever. And can't let her get away. We're six tracks deep, okay? Teddy, Teddy Riley's presence is felt. This is the album. This is the sound. Teddy is bringing it. But then you get to this spot where you get Heal the World and Black or White, okay? Mm-hmm. Now we're back to pop. But then, but then, like, you know, like, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're about to flip back to R&B with Who Is It? Mm, yeah, Who Is It? That's the jam right there. That's the jam. But then we flip back to pop slash rock with Give In To Me. Then we flip back. Then we're still yeah. Then we're still on pop with Will You Be There, with pop with Keep The Faith, pop with Gone Too Soon, and then Teddy brings it back to the R&B with Dangerous. And, it's, and the whole thing about it is we, the album premieres with a pop single, Black or White, not the R&B stuff. Then, but when Jam comes out, remember the time video comes out, everybody's like, oh, that, that shut it down. Michael's got it. Shut it down. Just Let's be. Do you remember when Remember the Time video came out? That was an event, dog. Do you remember how they shut that joint down on the networks? Yes. Do you remember how they had to preempt a different world that night? <laughs> yes. And you wasn't mad. No. Because it was like the 10 minute long joint. They had magic running around in there. There's an yep. Egyptian guard. How to remember the time video showing me Egypt better than this new goddamn Exodus movie with Batman is Moses. <laughs> See, exactly. I could take Michael Jackson being some magical Egyptian wizard turning in the sand to steal Iman from Eddie Murphy. Yes. Even though he light as hell, it's okay. He got the better line go. I can let that ride because he's Michael. <laughs> yes, yes. But now I'm getting something else. But still, it's like... Remember the see, I remember black and white. Black and white was heavy. Like that joint took over every that joint had McCall caulking all up in the video. Yeah. And, and then it was a weird dance thing on the police car. And he yeah. was like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, he was smashing the police, like fuck the police. That's right. Mike's like for fuck the police. And then you know what I'm saying? Panther, he mad. And- turned into a panther. He ain't turned into no tiger, nothing, no snow leopard or nothing. He turned into a panther, black panther. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he walked away. That shit was so ice cold. Man. He would always introduce a pop single before an R&B single for a while. You know what I mean? The root of this album is R&B. The thing is that the things that normally got pushed the heaviest were the pop stuff. But when that jam video dropped, we watched that. Mem J and MJ. Yeah. You know. What? Yeah. Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan playing basketball together. Michael Jordan trying, Michael Jackson trying to teach Michael Jordan how to dance. That shit was funny because, like, they said, like behind the scenes, Michael Jackson was trying to teach Jordan how to dance. He couldn't do it. And Michael was just like, "Never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "No, no, we tried. Never mind. It's all right. Never mind. Just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go." 
It's not so, that hard, Michael. It's not that hard, Michael. You're probably like, it's not that, it's not that hard, man. Yeah. Just, just let it go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was funny. He was like, I'm just going to let it. Just stop. Just stop. Just stop. You're trying too hard. Just stop. Just stop. So now you get to number 21. Now, in 1996, I think like a lot of babies were created when this album dropped as the foundational touchstone of the late 1990s neo soul movement. in Maxwell's Urban Hang Suite. 11 songs, you don't skip one. Yeah, man. You don't skip one. And you start with like a three-minute instrumental. Come on, man. How many albums right now are brave enough to start their album with a three-minute instrumental? Man, this might be the first one that like I can't question them on at all, to be quite honest. This album was something, man. This album... When you first hear that Ascension, don't ever want... Man, mm-hmm. when that video came out, it's like, yeah. yo, who is this dude with this afro? Yeah, man. This dude's voice. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Shit, this is the groove right here. When Don't Ever Wonder, or Ascension, Don't Ever Wonder dropped, and they dropped a remix where they sampled an SOS band song. It happened alone. MTV was like, listen, we normally don't like invite Negroes too much to do unplugged albums, but, <laughs> but we need you to come here and do an unplugged album, an unplugged session of the Urban Hang Suite. Did it and also did a did his own version of Nine Inch Nails closer. Nobody was fucking with Maxwell right there. Right? No, nobody could touch that dude right there. And, and, and yes, America, I do know that they had Uptown, up, Uptown Unplugged. I do. I do know that. I have the album. And LL and uh, yeah. And they, also, they also had like the hip hop, like the one where just like when they were. This was like when they really weren't sure about like quote unquote black acts being on Unplugged. So they just took all the hip hop artists like LL, De La, uh, MC Light, and a couple other cats, put them on one show together. But then like you remember LL did have his own solo joint though. He's own solo all, all by himself joint though. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's weird. But yeah, the 90s, the 90s MTV was way different. You know what I'm yeah. saying? This is, you know, uh, Kurt Loder was still there. They still played videos. And they yeah. was, at that point, they didn't have VO because there was no reason to have VO because half of the videos on MTV at the time were all hip-hop and R&B based. Right. So it makes, like, the Neo Soul movement was was, was quite serious. Yeah, it was real serious. Like, so serious that MTV just said it had MTV jams. Yeah, when MCV Jams is my shit. Yeah, that, that was the stuff. But I'm glad it got its own network. I still watch it to this day. I, I, I wish I wish we had it. We don't have it. But if Maxwell doesn't do the Urban Hang Suite Unplugged album, do we get the MTV Black Street Unplugged joint? Oh, nah, nah. You know, which, yo, real talk, Black Street Unplugged, that should have been put on CD. I was pissed when that didn't happen because I only got to see like the second half of it. I was like, this is glorious. This is wonderful. And like, you can probably find it on YouTube now. Oh, I'm going to I'm gonna have to now. I'm going to have to. So like I, like I said, I was heated. I was heated. I'm, 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 I'm going to do a search right now. But I'm good with this. I'm good with this. Like I would almost put this in top 10, but like it's so. It could be top 10. It's yeah. top 10 worthy. It's, it's the Maxwell album. It's like if any to me, this album is like the pure, like that's the pure urban, to me, urban, East Coast, neo-soul movement. To me, when I think about this album, I think of Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Before I got gentrified that is now. Yeah. Oh, Brooklyn was cool. Like this album, that Maxwell album, the first album is not much, it's not you really need to say, it's, it's concise. Yeah, you just it's, need to listen to it. Just listen to it. It's really structured well. Yeah, every track, all the track names, it has the perfect cover. Yeah, like a woman's shoes on the floor of a, of a hotel room. Yeah. You know what this is about. This is this the hang suite. Yes, you know what I'm saying. This is this is kind of some grown folks music right here. Yeah, you know? oh, yeah. just change your mind up a little bit. You're like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I I don't know if a label would allow an artist to make an album like this now. Because like he supposedly he had like a lot of control on this album. Like they he had pretty much not carte blanche, but pretty close enough. I guess that they that Sony sat on this album for like a year. Or uh, if if I remember right, I think they I think they sat on this album for for a year. But but that's Sony. I don't even want to get into Sony. They, 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 they I don't even get into that. But yo, if you haven't listened to Urban Hang Suite, it's eleven tracks. Go play it on Spotify. Get your lady, get your significant other, and just listen. And you, you won't be disappointed at all. We go to number 20.
Janet Jackson's The Velvet Rope from 1997. I'm going to let you take lead on this because I need to think on this for a minute. I, I, I'm completely biased against Janet Jackson albums from Control until I think the la- like all for you, like right before she got happy. Okay. This is the thing. I'm a Janet Jackson fan. Her best work comes through her going through probably terrible things. All her albums, like Control, issues with breaking away from her family and her fucking abusive father. Rhythm Nation, that whatever, that debarge split she had. Mm-hmm. Janet mm. and Vela Rope, she was with, with that Spanish dude who then we really found out was like psychologically abusing her. But oh my God, yo, the Velvet Rope album, like, you'd be like, oh yeah, Janet, you know, a lot of people can't follow up. Like an album that dope is Janet. Yeah. But this Velvet Rope joint, the Velvet Rope song was dope. God Till It's Gone with Q-Tip. Yeah. Now, that song basically has no actual serious structure. It's just meandering and flighty, kind of like the Jody Mitchell song itself in a way. And with a good Q-Tip in there. Yeah. Yo, what, Go Deep? Go Deep is a club that's track. Just, that's the jam. That's the jam right there. That's a club track. That's going to, that's, that's some house music shit. Together Again. Yeah. Man, what? I Get Lonely. Rope Burn. Dude, I used to listen to this album so much. I had to buy this shit like three times. <laughs> when I Get Lonely came out, it was so hot that they was like, I need you to go do a remix with Black Street, and we're gonna get Timberland to produce it. Mm, yeah, and and had a video for it. Yep, she looked so good too. Yeah, man, Janet Jackson. Yeah, this album. You know what, man? Like, I admit, I admit the like when this album first dropped, I wasn't sure about it. Then, like, I then like you know, I heard this the song with Q Tip and whatnot. But I think what got me, what got me was was that when I get lonely dropped, and I heard that on the radio. I was like, ooh, what's this? And then I went back to listen to that whole album. I was, and I think I was ready for it by then. I was like, okay, I'm ready for it. I wasn't in the right state of mind. I got back. I was like, this this album is glorious. I was like, people that hate on this record don't like. Just I'm like, you don't like Janet. If you don't like this record, you don't like Janet. Period. Yeah, like it's weird because this is back in the day when you listen to albums all the way. You had this man's and shit. Yeah. And now, like when you listening to something. You ain't have the, you ain't always have the tracks with you. You know what I'm saying? Like in my brain, I don't even know where all the tracks break up from the interludes and this. Yes. My memory is just of the album. You know what I'm saying? You just I just put that joint here, play. Make sure I have my little skip protection on when I'm walking. <laughs> yes. You know? And you just let that joint 
you just let that joint ride. Yes. So it was, it was just a dope album. It just, this is to me is when I guess the list stops being on some fuckboy shit. It actually kind of gets itself together a little bit is when they get to 20. A little bit. A little bit because then they start wild and they get points where you're just like, who who decided this was okay? But this, (laughs) Velvet Rope at 20, I can ride with it. Okay. I can, I can rock, rock with it. I can rock with it too. I can. I can. I really can. I'm good. Now, this was a surprise because, once again, I didn't think they would be smart enough to put it here. I guess so. SWV at number 19, their debut album, It's About Time. I played the living daylights out of this record. You don't understand how much I love SWV. This album sold me. Your first five, all the first five tracks of singles? Yeah. No, no, no first six, actually. Downtown was a Yeah, yeah downtown, yeah, all the first, yeah, yeah. first six tracks of singles. Name me, name me a current R&B artist right now that can drop six, six singles on the radio. The, from the first six songs, <laughs> like, like that's the thing. Yeah, it's the first six songs of yeah. all the singles, and they're yeah. all hot. Yeah, and then they was like, "Oh, hold on, we're gonna give you that um that remixer right here, the Human Nature remix. We're gonna give you that." Too. Now we should dub it the Pharrell remix, since he's the one that put it together. Mm. Since we now know it, it is it's officially a record. Yeah, yeah. The first, the first actual produce hit that we know of by Pharrell because he wrote that rump shaking shit but he didn't produce that shit okay produce that goddamn right here remix man the human nature remix yeah see and not only that though but like that whole S double W V like Tomio told me he was like, yo, he's like, that came from a B single remix. Back in the 90s, people, you would have a CD single, like a maxi single, that would have like a song on it, right? But it might have like four different remixes on it. And I forget which song it was, but like it's like five different remixes, four or five different remixes, and this one remix had a Pharrell rap on it. And that's where that yeah. SWV comes from. And they put and he inserted it into the Human Nature remix. So I just, like, I love this album, man. Like, it makes me happy. 
The second album is really good, but people weren't feeling them. But the album is a little bloated. You could they could have cut about six tracks off of it, and it still would have been great. Like third album, then you know things were kind of going on the rails. It's still not bad, but like I'm so glad they got back together and cut that, dropped that album like a year or two ago. Jesus made me so happy. Like it was church, it was church. I was so happy. It's about time is a wonderful album. Now this is where I got a problem. This is where I got a problem. How is Genuine's second album number eighteen? I don't know. You say you love me. So anxious is that jam. Now your friend's business is that jam. What's so different is cool because it's got that Godzilla voice sample in there, that Godzilla scream that Timberland put in Yo, there. So, man, you, you have no idea. There's something that I don't know if some of these youngsters out here do not understand about the ingenuity and the creativity of that 90s Timberland when he was doing shit like crickets, baby coos, gorilla roar, I mean, Godzilla roars, yeah. and everything under the sun with him and freaking Missy. It was just like, oh, we're going to sample this right here. Yeah. And, and we're going to make this melodic. I was like, y'all motherfuckers, it's Virginia Beach. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they found a way to always make that work. You know what I mean? It's just like this is amazing. How do you make this work and make it sound cool? Like, like on a when Aaliyah on the Doctor Doolittle soundtrack for Are You That Somebody? Like the, the you know you got this like uh, syncopated beat, but you can get like those little baby coo sounds. Baby coos. I'm like, how do you make this work? How do you make this work? And I'm like, this is too smooth. I'm mad. Timmy and Missy. Yeah. Timbo and Missy. Yeah. They was in there. It was in the studio. Just probably bobbing, just like we move. But. Take but, this random stuff. But yeah, this this see, this was like I fucked with the second genuine album. I ain't put it 18 of the top 50 of the, of the 90s. No, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm replacing The Bachelor with 100 percent Okay. This okay. is something like same OG. Man, I used to listen to that shit all the time. <laughs> like what like all the like, all the joints you just named was like my joint. So it's just like I think he got better as an artist as a singer on the second album. Yeah. Because I wasn't totally feeling his single on the first album, even though the songs was dope. Yeah. No, I, I can I respect it. I respect it. I just don't think that this album should be this high. Hell no, it shouldn't be 18. No, no. Hell no. No. And that is not a fu- that is nothing against Genuine. Exactly. No, because I... the stuff they have on the list and the stuff they left off, it shouldn't be 18. Yeah, and that's why it's so problematic. I don't hate Genuine. He's like one of my favorites. I just can't put it here. I can't. But the next number, oh, we about to get, I'm about to go off. This is what I've been waiting for. Drew Hill, though. Drew Hill number six, 17, though. Drew Hill's debut album, released in 1996. Listen, I'll say it once, I'll say it again, and I know people might say this is real disrespectful, and I'm really not trying to be disrespectful, but this album is essentially like the best Jodeci album that Jodeci didn't drop, but does not need to be at 17. First I, of all, 
Everybody knows if you was old enough at that era to know this is the time when there was no more Jodeci. All we had was Casey and JoJo. We kind of missed Jodeci yeah. and it's filled a void. We have a new. It's like yeah, I'm gonna use a comic reference. When you had the, the weird Titans when when they made Ray Palmer to a teenager. Yeah. That's Drew Hill. <laughs> yep. Yeah. In my bed was the jam. Yeah, the, the the original version and the remix. That so so deaf in my bed remix was dope. It was the cut. Like I ain't gonna lie. Like yeah. Drew Hill is dope. Yeah. You, it, it's not number seventeen. Like should, the second album should be on here. Yeah. This should be in number in, in the second album spot. Right. Like my problem is is that like for me, Drew Hill only made one great album. This one. Mm-hmm. All the other stuff to me is forgettable. But like this one, like you know. Like when Tell Me comes on, come on, man. Like, like I said, like it's to me, it's like a Jodeci song, but still, Tell Me is dope. Whatever you want is dope. Satisfied is okay. April uh, April showers is April showers is a really good song. All Alone is a good song. Never Make a Promise is a good song. So special in my bed. They did a cover of Love's Train. Come on, man. I ain't nobody heard from like nobody heard that song like since like the early eighties. I'm like I, I like the album and I want to make that clear. But this is. Oh wait a minute. Hold on. Now, I just read right here. It says, Tell Me, originally written for Dave Hollister. Mm. Imagine if Dave Hollister, who had left Black Street, he would have killed that song. Killed that. Think about that, goddamn. Yeah. Because, like, Dave Hollister is that dude that I think, like, he was one of them dudes when he left Black Street. He's one of those dudes on that list where, like I said, there's so many talented people out there just trying to, like, you know, get your, just get to get in there to, like, say, yo, here I am. And he would get that for a minute. You know, with like, um, with like, uh, oh, that first single where he's talking about being like a, a like a one woman man, and but take care of home, take care of home is that slow jam, turn that song out. So like him singing that, I know he could sing "Tell Me" and turn that shit out, but but like I, like I said, I do like this Drew Hill album, but it does not need to be a seventeen, and that second album has no right to be should be on the list top of one hundred. Yeah, shouldn't even be on the list. So that's where I'm I'm leave it there. Like I said, I don't, I don't hate them. I just don't think that deserves the spots that that they're at. Number now sixteen. We, number number 16. sixteen. Sean had me feeling some type of way. Talk to me. I hear you calling. Here I come, baby, to save you. Oh, baby, no more stalling. Kelly, 12 play for me is the greatest R&B record of the 90s. Mm. That shit is the thriller of R&B albums of the 90s. Ain't no bad songs on 12 play. I, I disagree. I disagree. There. Oh, you know what? I'll say questionable. I'll say questionable. Two songs. <laughs> Two songs, two songs, two songs, Julian. And this is where people needed to realize that R. Kelly would sing about anything, but nobody paid attention. I like the crotch on you. That song is fucking horrible. 
I, 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 I like it. I like it just like I like Michael Bay Transformers movies. <laughs> it's telling me exactly what it is. <laughs> okay. All right. That's no. That's fine. That's fine. I ain't mad. I'm just saying, like, like, like. You know, you hear your body's calling, bump and grind, homie, lover, friend. It seems like you're ready. It's just like wow. It's like four songs back to back to back where you get this feel of. It's like this feel of like new Isley Brothers. Mm. Yeah. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. It's like new Isley Brothers type sound with those first four tracks. Then you get Freak That Body and I like that I like the crotch on you. Then you get Summer Bunnies. See, it's weird because like you get this like little block after the first four songs. You get this little block of this is what really R. Kelly really truly wants to sing about, ladies and gentlemen. You get this it's like hood shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hood, it's a hood, it is a hood album. It is the equivalent of rap music. Yeah. Of the rap that was out. Yeah. But pure singing. Not singing as I'm trying to sound like a rapper or any of that. He's the hood nigga that can sing anybody. He's Eddie Kane and the five heartbeats without the drug problems. He's yeah. the hood nigga fighting niggas on the street, running up, boom, hitting the note, ladies turn the mush. Dude, when that, yo, when Bumper Grind, like, I don't see nothing. What? That shit right there, Sean. Yeah. That shit let me know. It's like, this nigga Kells, and sorry people listening to this who don't like that word, I don't care right now, because we talking about motherfucking R. Kelly. That nigga Kells, man. He hits you with the bumper grind, bumper grind remix, your body calling. It seems that you're ready. No, no. Took over. No, homie lover, homie lover friend, but the homie lover friend remix. Homie lover friend remix shut it down. Shut it down in 1993. Trust me. This joint lasted for a year. Yeah. This joint was good. I was in the 12 play when goddamn OJ was driving down the goddamn street. Thing like with R. Kelly was like I stopped buying R. Kelly records like after R, especially after like all the, you know, stuff, you know, the, the, the yeah. pedophile shit. Yeah. I'm not going to accept. I don't front on this album, though. I don't. This is where it becomes a problem. This album should be top ten. It's number sixteen. It's dog. number sixteen. It this be album is number. This is top five album material. Yeah, of a decade. Because here's the thing, man. Once again, this was one of those one of those artists, like a few others we talked about. People was like, "Yo, I want to, I want to be like that. That's the sound I need. This is the style I have to do. That I have to be in order to make in order to sell records and get noticed." That was also the, the problem with like all forms of music is that if somebody got hot, people would try to copy it. And I was like, no, just be you. That's how R. Kelly became R. Kelly. He was him. You well, know, like he did kind of sound just like Aaron Hall back in the day. Well, that's uh, that's 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 true. That, that's but that once he true. became R. Kelly, once we got the 12 play, he wasn't Aaron Hall no more. No, no, he wasn't. He no, was he wasn't. R. Kelly. He was R. Kelly. And I still say the only reason. The first R. Kelly album is R. Kelly and Public Announcement. Go look on the back. Look, look on the back of the CD. 
It says all songs written, produced, all vocals, R. Kelly. Public announcement wasn't even a legit singing group. It's just like, but that was during a period of time where R&B groups were big. So because of that, they packaged R. Kelly as with a group. Yeah, and the public announcement came out a couple years later with some albums. wasn't too bad, but still, that's how. It ain't that's that how honey it's love? No, no, it's not that vibe. No, no, you no. got that vibe. <laughs> now, see, doesn't vibe? See, vibe really sounds like an Aaron Hall song. Oh, vibe sounds like some shit that came off the future. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I thought that shit was a guy song when I first heard it. Oh, can I got a new song out? I saw the video say, who the hell is R. Kelly public announcement? I thought yes. this was Sarah Hall the guy. She no. Well damn. Yeah, and that's where it this, started. Then this man came out with that bump and grind with the video or some Bobby Brown shit with the with the earpiece with the microphone walking <laughs> on the stage. Yeah. What what? What? So sorry, he nah, he was a champion back then. He was yeah. a champion. Yeah. That album it's just at number 16, Sean. That's it's a problem. I said it's a problem. Number 16. It's a problem. It is a problem. 12 play. You can tell people. He, I think he's supposed to be coming out with a 12 play too. Hell, he might have came out with a 12 play too. No, R. Kelly. He got some goddamn albums out. It's 12 play though. Yeah. Like you say that to a person of a certain age. Yeah. You ain't got to even say who it's from. Mm-hmm. You say that 12 play though. You <laughs> know what yes. you're talking about. The end, and then it's and it's done. Even with the, the crazy vest that he's got on, with like all these letters that are just scattered all over it. Don't matter. You just Don't know it's twelve tracks. Yep, and that's it. That's all you need. Now that is a summer army record. I don't think that's a record you play in the wintertime when it's cold outside. No, nope. in that joint, why want to get warm? Late April, early May. You play that joint till you get to around late September. You put it back away. Mm-hmm. Now, this next choice I'm cool with for the simple fact now we are really talking about this artist as an R&B artist now. Yeah, we're, we're, we're finally getting the R&B Mariah. Yes, we are talking about 1995's Daydream with Fantasy. And let us not forget about the Bad Boy Fantasy remix with ODB. Baby, baby, come on. Baby, come on. Baby, come on. remixes of all time (laughs) because two things that should never go together that worked mariah carey 
and ODB. Yeah, it was funny. It's on the Tan Into America special. She said she was the one that that pushed that. What? She went to ODB. She what? was she she was a fan of Wu Tang's like I'm putting ODB on this record. Sorry, but I'm just saying like to me when Riot Hood is shit, she just knew how to play her part to get this paper. We are in the arm official R and B era of Mariah Carey. Yeah, fantasy. You also had one sweet day with mm-hmm. with Boys to Men, the one of the biggest acts ever. And like song was on the radio forever, forever. And the thing is, is that pop stations couldn't avoid it. They was like, we got to play it. I don't think they wanted to avoid it. It was too damn. It was exactly what they liked to play. Yeah, because it was it was the, it was the perfect is the perfect crossover song, perfect. But then, but see, the thing is with this album, not only are you getting Babyface production, you're also getting Jermaine Dupri. My eyes, this is where you really start to see the collaborations with cats like Jermaine Dupri. And, and Puffy, like on the on the Fantasy remix, Always Be My Baby, okay? That's a Jermaine Dupri track. But then that remix drops, where they sample the SOS bands, Tell Me If You Still Care. And escape, no singing mm-hmm. background vocals. I flip tables. Basically, that, that, I was just oh, that's the Atlanta remix right there. Yes, that was holding. That was yes. holding down the A right there. But you know what I find funny though is this: we talk about this record, we talk about these songs. We've only talked about three songs: "Fantasy," "One Sweet Day," "Always Be My Baby." I am willing to put money on the fact that. No one ever talks about Melt Away, which was produced by Babyface, or any of these other songs. Because I only remember those three. But it anchored her into the R&B era of Mariah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And this is, this is the first one I was just like, I ain't really mad at you on this. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm not mad either. I'm, not, I'm, like, I'm good. I'm not even mad. Now, we get back to the questionable phase of the complex list because once again this is a group that I did enjoy okay I do they don't need to be at number 14 though Off the hook on number 14, no. and you ain't got ooh on the TLC tip on it. Exactly. And see, that's where the problems come in. 
don't get me wrong. This is this is a really good album. This is way better than their first album. Like their first album, like Jermaine had them looking so hood, it just like <laughs> it was it was crazy. A, yeah, it was a little bit yeah, it was a little bit too it was too much. Yeah, and it was like female Jodeci and it wasn't working. No, it wasn't working at Trust all. Look. Right. Feel so good was a great single. Who can I run to, which was a cover if I remember right, that was wonderful. It's a good album. There's no way it's number 14. Don't get me wrong. It's like, I think it's the thing of, I think these people were looking at the success of Jermaine Dupri with So So Deaf during that period of time and how during that period of time, every Jermaine Dupri produced So So Deaf record during that time was either gold or platinum. So I think they're looking at that success more than they're looking at the actual content that was dropped on this album. You mean to tell me that Funky Divas, like Off the Hook is better than Funky Divas? Is that what you're trying to tell me? That's what they, that's, that's, that's what they're saying. Though they're wrong. They're I want to know, like, how many people who read this site know more about Candy and Tiny through reality shows than from Escape? You know, I blow people's minds, like kids, well, younger people's minds when I'm talking about, oh, yeah, Candy on, on, on Housewives of Atlanta? You know, she was in the same group in the 90s. They'd be like, what? It's called Escape. Look it up. Yeah. Oh, you know, you know, did you know that Candy on Housewives? Was in the same group with Tiny, you know what I'm saying? Ti's woman, like really? They don't know. Really? I, I ain't putting it in 14. I think they bugging on that one, man. They bugging on that yeah. one. It's good. Like I like Escape, but there's two Drew Hill albums on this list, man. There's two Drew Hill albums on this list. Yeah, like I, I don't know. There's two genuine albums on this list. Yeah, I know. Allure is on this list. It did see that's the that's such a problem. I, I can't put this in top 50. Like who can I run to is a beautiful cover of a Gamble and Huff, uh, Gamble and Huff produced song from way back when. Feels so good. I bought the CD single. Don't get me wrong. This, I, this, this, is a, this is a better album than their first. Way better. But I can't put it this high. Top twenty, top fifteen. I ain't putting this over Mariah's joint. No. We just said Mariah's joint. Only got three known joints. Yo, yo. Not only that, they're saying that this album was better than Twelve Play. Don't. <laughs> man, the f- twelve play, twelve play. What do you mean tell me off the hook is a better album than Monica's debut record? No, twelve play. You you mean to tell me? You mean to tell me? You are telling me that off the hook is better than what's the four one one? Okay, that's all I got to say. We're gonna move to number thirteen. debut album yeah this has some joints this is also during that era if you notice there there weren't as many like up tempo cuts but it's like this mid-level tempo where like the beats per minute just 
didn't reach over 70 or 80. They weren't like slow jams, but they weren't super fast up-tempo hyper tracks. Stuff like I Wanna Be Down when that dropped. Baby, that was the jam right there. Baby was the gym. Best friend, I want to be down was so was, was so tough that they was like, yo, we just gonna bring in a remix. We just gonna have Brandy sing the hook. Oh, here comes MC like Queen Latifah, Yo Yo, and uh, oh, who was was it just those three? I think so. Okay, yeah, man, come on, man. Top female MCs of the time. Yeah. Pre Kim and Foxy. It was just smooth. Then you had Broken Hearted. But you had the remix version with Wine. Wait, Wine yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. From Boys the Men. Yo, that was dope. Just just like I said, it just shook up R and B for like young females. You know what I'm saying? Because this was before Monica. This was before Monica and this well, was not like, that much though. It was like it was real close in terms of their releases yeah. though. Like like six months maybe. Maybe, maybe so. And like this was like I think like after Aaliyah's debut, age ain't nothing but a number. Oh yeah, it is. Wait, like, Aaliyah is first. Yeah, Aaliyah yeah. is like but yeah, yeah. Leah was, was, what? Like, I'm kind of mad that album ain't on this list. Yeah, well, see, that I first think, Leah joint. First, Leah joint has definitely has his for sure. But see, once again, it's one of those things. It's kind of like with the genuine thing. You like the second album more than you do the first. Oh, that's the truth. But you if I'm putting saying? two albums on here, I ain't putting two genuine's album on here. Right. I'll put two Leah joints on here. One in a million is like one of the best. Well composed and organized like as far as like the way the songs are released on the album the way it all flows brilliant whereas aj number the number is all over the place she has a great cover of the isley brothers at your best you are love back and forth was the jam back and, back and forth then. there was those two songs that i remember most now i know there was another song and it's just it's bothering me because i can't remember it one in a million you don't turn off one in a million. You can skip some stuff on AJ number to number. Oh yeah, AJ ain't number number that the, the title track alone. But you can skip some tracks on Leah's first album. One in a million, you don't. Now we're in the top twelve. I'm surprised they. I'm, once again, I'm surprised they actually knew how to put this in here. Badu's Baduism. I think it deserved to be in top 10. First of all, nobody sound like her. She came out of nowhere. I was like, who's this woman coming here sound like Billie Holiday? First of all, you saw the video. It was like, why am I watching The Color Purple? <laughs> 
But you ain't mad though because it's bees in the bass. The bass on that joint when it used to get played. I had my, my parents had this Magnavox. It was like a forty-something inch, right? They had the bass boost. If I turned the volume to a certain number level, joint would vibrate the bass. She would have songs that could be singles, but weren't singles, but they were still dope, like Apple Tree. Awesome. But but then she would give you like songs like Other Side of the Game. I mean, Other either. Side of the Game. The, the female perspective of being the girlfriend of the dope boy and the worries and the issues and her being pregnant and then the video and that's when she she was with fucking three stacks that song I still listen to it like I'm gonna make a comic book off of that goddamn song that shit is like people I'm still mad I see stuff with all these other random songs I ain't gonna lie I feel some type of way Star Lord singing some Uga Chaga Uga Chaga shit cause it's like that song's alright but like how come I got no superheroes talking about other side of the game and that like like shouldn't like shouldn't Storm be chilling it out or some shit Better yet. next lifetime yes yes I don't even remember the skit. The skit in which she talked talking about you was gonna take me to see Wu Tang, baby. Oh, that shit is the even the interludes was dope. The rim shot intro, like the whole joint is banging. I'll, and one of my favorite songs, one of my favorite songs is like Four Leaf Clover. This whole album is just wonderful. It is like there's like when this album dropped, it's like no one can copy this style. And on and on when she says when she sings, "I was born underwater." with three dollars and six dimes though you may laugh but you did not do your math when the first time i heard that i was like what the fuck did she just say it's like i had to go back i think this was like one of the albums that you have to listen to you just can't hear it you gotta listen to it because she is yeah. dropping knowledge track after track after track God, that album's so gorgeous. That's that brooklyn shit right there like it's funny because it's like because they're going it's going to make less but Urban Hand Sweet by Duism uh-huh. and Brown Sugar. Yeah, man. All top. Like, you talking about 90s R&B? Yeah. It's top 10 because Neo Soul literally came out of nowhere. And it wasn't like a promoted. It was just like these three albums just hit like bong, bong, bong. And it shifted everything. Sure and then that movie, that movie Love Jones came out too. Oh, and see, motherfuckers doing poetry and shit. Hold up, trying hold to up. get they fine black people together. Man. How, how is the Love Jones soundtrack not on this list? Oh, don't worry. I'll have, I'll be, as we get to pass number one, I'll be talking about ones I'm mad I ain't seen on this list. Okay. No, Love Jones soundtrack is on there. There's some soundtracks that ain't on this list oh, that were important R&B albums that you're like, I ain't make the list. How you putting a lure on the list? You ain't putting Love Jones soundtrack on here. Mm-hmm. Do people realize the power of Badu back in '97? The album was so hot, they was like, 
and I think this was probably one of the next to last live R&B records that got put on the market. Erica Badu live, the live with Tyrone, with with Tyrone, Tyrone changed everything. How many people's playing Tyrone? Yeah, I thought that for a second. I was like, isn't that joint on the first album? Oh no, it ain't. It's on that live joint. Damn, Badu was killing it back then, man. Yes, she was. Now, also in '97, at number eleven. J. Blige just share my world. Everybody's producing on this. Trackmasters, Chucky Thompson, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, they did mm-hmm. some tracks. R. Kelly, Bryce Wilson from Groove Theory. Ronnie Jerkins. Oh, yeah. Dark Child. Dark Child. Himself. I got into a conversation with my good friend Chuck about Dark Child, where there was an article saying how like Child is like one of the greatest producers of all time. And I said I disagree wholeheartedly. I totally disagree. Because he did have a specific era in which he was hot, but I don't, I don't really like his production. My, you know, my thing with 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 Dark Rodney Dark Child Jerkins is this is my thing. Quantity over quality. That's my that was my issue with Rodney Jerkins. Like share my world, track by track by track. I don't turn it off after the intro. When I can love you comes on, and that beat comes in. Well. Well, yeah, cool. it's it's the yeah it's the it's the Queen Bishop joint. Like I yeah. like I can't fake like in my head. There's this weird merger of like Kim's little Queen bitch and I can love you. Like I can't literally separate the two. Like because they're the, they're like two sides. They're not two sides of the same. They they're not two sides of the same song, but they're like it's the same. It's not the same song in a bad way. It's just like it's that swagger, like that ghetto fabulous, like they rocking Fendi fucking shit and fucking Versace, and they just you see they party and drinking fucking Moet and shit. Just like you kill, and they're like, oh man, he could fucking MJ come out there and just kill it. And just like damn, she gets you hyped. Like, yeah, shit, damn. And then you know you followed up with "Love Is All We Need" and Nas is on it. Yeah, "Share My World" comes on track six. That's a beautiful song. Like in seven days, but she did a song with R. Kelly on here, man. Not only that, but missing you. There's two jams on here that you can't tell me nothing when they come on. Everything, when everything comes on, or yeah, possibly probably one of the best songs Dark Child ever produced, and it was essentially just a B side. Can't get you off my mind, featuring the Locks.
My thing with this is not that it doesn't deserve to be on the list. It don't for me. It doesn't. It doesn't deserve to be higher than what's the first four one one. Because if I'm if I'm putting hits to hits, reminisce, real love, like all the joints on the first one, like the precedent setting first joint, like you making that forty seven and you making this eleven. I'm not putting this one that high up. I'm it's making my fifty. It's making yeah. my top twenty-five. Yeah. It ain't making it ain't making over her first record. No. It ain't making it over twelve plays for me, man. No. Twelve play. And that's the problem. It's like this this list is so inconsistent. You don't get this album if you don't have what's the four one one. Now and then they put my life higher and I give them props and we're gonna to get to it. And I was I was shocked that they actually put put it up that high. What? Yeah, this is a good album. I ain't gonna lie. Oh no! It's sh- share my this, world. This, is that is that jam? Yeah, and I can I can love you like, like yeah, y'all see. Also, comic book shit. I know people be in all hype and read a little um, Karen Gillian joints or whatever, and he be putting them little Brit pop and all these songs. Motherfucker, see my comments. They're gonna see shit like that, just random shit in there like that, like motherfucking I I can love you type of shit, shit like. What is that? I don't understand. It's just like I jacked that whole frame from that video, like that type of shit, like that. That's just like I that yeah, man. That shit is pop. Like that Mary J was powerful. That '97 Mary J, she was full queen. I don't know, man. So we get to number ten. Jackson's Janet. That might be number five for me. Like all the whole album, all the time, every morning going to school. Janet album. That's the morning. Like the, the interludes, shades it to each other. Yes, That's sir. the way love goes. You want this? If this time, what throb? Like oh, oh, folks weren't ready for throb. I don't think folks was ready for throb back in ninety back in ninety three. They weren't ready. You for weren't that. making the th- fucking with throb. Cause that, that is real club music shit. That is her going to the club and she made, she made some club music. That, if you especially listen to like some music from back then, like club, like like some house and shit like that, it sounds like. Cause I know when I was thirteen, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, but I couldn't get out. You can't get out of your head like throb, boop, 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 boop. You just see that's like man, dance is going crazy on the floor right now. You know, it's like oh yeah. shit, like oh man, I'm sitting there like, and like when I was thirteen, I ain't know like whatever, but like but it sounded good. Like what I'll do, like what the lounge, funky big band because of, because of love.
Another Lover, The Buyer Loves You, Rain Anytime, Any Place. People don't understand about how powerful the, the body that loves you is, though. That's a yeah. powerful song, too. The whole album is bad. The Jetta album, the Jetta album was so serious. The cover of her record was the cover of the Rolling Stone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. The cover of her record was so powerful that one of the Jet 13 and 1 covers was that. Think about that. We can so you see niggas biting fucking Justice League International number one so much or the Death of Supergirl. Motherfuckers was drawing Jenna Jackson covers. R&B music and hip-hop is a massively big influence on comic books in the 90s. I, I have no problem with the Janet record being in the top 10. It'd probably be higher. It, it deserves it, it deserves top 10 status. It's kind of hard to, to say when you're going to take one out and put one in when you get to the top 10 with yeah, this record. Like, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. It starts to get real complicated. Especially yeah. now we get to number 9, though. Sade's Love Deluxe. Why Sade so fine? <laughs> Sade fine right now. She like what fifty something. I want I want to get an accurate head. Count. I want I don't think it's possible, but I want an accurate head count. How many people exist on the earth because of Sade? Oh, for Kiss of Life alone, or no ordinary love, or ordinary love, or like a tattoo. You know, Cherish today. This this album is so heavy. I think that the whole thing is played at certain times on the choir stone. <laughs> Dude, like, see, this is why I couldn't be a DJ. I couldn't be a DJ because, like, if they gave me the quiet sort of thing, I'm like, uh, tonight we're going to just, it would just be albums. It would just be albums. I'll be fired day two. I'll be fired. It was like, man, how come you played Sade's whole album? It's like, because people need to know. <laughs> it's called The Love, The Lust, is The Quiet Storm. <laughs> Sade is, a, is the band. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing that people always get confused about. And I did for like the longest time, too. Sade is the band. And I forget. The lead singer, I forget her name right now. Doesn't it is Sade though. No, no, it's not. No, for real. Sade is the actual name of the band. I know, but her band is named off of her. She's the leader of the band. Oh, okay. I see, oh, okay. All right, cool. Because her name is like Sade Adu. So, like, so like she, it's, it's a band, yes. Okay. She just works with a group. But the, but the band is like, it's kind of like, it's like, kind of like Blondie. Okay. Like, like Blondie's clearly the, the blonde woman. <laughs> like, I, can't, I don't know why I'm, I can't think of her name right now. But like, Debbie Harry? Yeah, yeah, Debbie Harry. It's like, yeah, Debbie Harry is, is, is a beautiful blonde woman. Blondie. There's more people in Blondie. But come on, like, it, it makes sense. Same, like, Sade, Sade. Like, yeah, you're right. That's her name. She's her band. Yeah. She works with these group of people. It's super dope. Yeah. This is how dope Sade is. Like, Sade is so dope that when the band without Sade Adu was like yo we gonna go cut an album real quick and we just gonna bring on these other people on Sweetback there it is Sweetback was like we gonna go drop a record Sony was like yeah go ahead go ahead sure 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 go 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 make an album this album had Amel LaRue on it and Maxwell 
and Elder Barge. 1996 self-titled Sweetback album. I want you to go listen to that. Go find it somewhere. Go to Half Price Books. You can probably go find it for like $1.50, $2. Go get it. But anyway, back to Sade. I'm surprised this made the list. I'm surprised too. Once again, I didn't think they'd be smart enough to. I know they be knowing my Sade like that. Yeah. Sade's never made a bad album. Yeah, not my opinion. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, never. Ever. How many bands of artists do you know of, regardless of the genre, have had a catalog which is almost flawless? There are very few. Exactly. And Sade is on that list. So she be taking mad time in between her albums too. Yeah, yeah. They make put mad time in between albums. Yeah, ain't no rushing, nothing. And like I'm not mad because I, I do enjoy her music, but Rihanna for a while was on a schedule. And it was like <laughs> it was like once a year at a certain point, new Rihanna, new Rihanna, new Rihanna, new Rihanna. Damn, I'm still trying to get through this other record. Not with Sade, and that's like I said, it's not a diss toward Rihanna because I do enjoy her enjoy her music though. You gonna get it when you get it. And when you get it, you gonna love it. And the next one I ain't mad at either, number eight. I'm I'm not mad, but it's been hours since you've been gone. And that's too long, so come back home. I can't live without you. So I'll cry for you. Do anything that I can. You feel like touch from your hand. Sorry that I want you, lady. What do I do? You know you're everything I knew you. Oh yeah. Do what you want me to. I would do anything. Jodeci's second album, Diary of a Mad Band, and you don't have their first. How do you yeah, not have their know. first album? Once again, an album which made people try to jock their style. How try? Oh, they did. Oh, but they, they failed. But how? How do you not have the first album on there? Better yet, even though I don't care much for the album, I think it's riddled, riddled with way too many interludes. You mean the show? The after party? The, the after party the in the hotel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a hot mess. Mm-hmm. It's a hot mess, and it's flooded with too many interludes. But just off of three songs alone, those three songs are good enough to put that album in the top fifty. Because when "Love You for Life" comes on and "Get On Up" comes on, "Get On Up" is the song that should have brought America together. Is that jam and everybody forgets Jodeci does it 
I remember one time I was on Twitter, Kari Randolph was talking about he was listening to some music. He was having a bad day. I was like, huh? And I tweeted the, the Get On Up video by Jody. So I was like, huh, man, this will cheer you up. He tweeted back, was like, damn, I forgot they did this. I, I don't. It's like, that is that joint. Yes, it is. So having said that, though, Complex did. They did right, but they also did wrong. Because once again, you got two Drew Hill albums. Two genuine albums. You got you got two you got two of fake Jodeci and one of uh, one of real Jodeci. <laughs> you you gonna put on the second album of Jodeci and Boys to Men? Essentially, two sides of the same coin, and they put on either's first album, which was equally as dope. The first joints, like, was it? What's the, the first? The first? The first Jodeci album? The first Jodeci. How do you not have the first Jodeci yeah, album man. on it? Like, how, how do you not have it? Like, like, and that was the album that was built off of the when you got the tape. Slow jams on side A, up tempo on side B. How is it even possible to not have Forever My Lady on this list? Do they don't? Wait, can I talk to you? you oh, oh, come and talk to me. Oh shit! Yeah, like, talk, like literally, when Forever My Lady drops, you get stay. Come and talk to me, Forever My Lady. I'm still waiting, and you and I. All the slow jams. You don't even listen to side B because that, that's the truth. Because you just. Because you're good, you're good. Because like their up tempo stuff wasn't that good because they were, you know, it, it, we were they were trying to like get a sound that like a new jack swing sound that just didn't really fit them. I, although I love times we share, that's my shit though, and it's a basic song. You play tracks one through five, and you walked away because literally that could have been an album in itself. And what people fail to realize is is that it's the jam. It's just like that album's great. But then when we get to Diary of a Mad Band. It's turned up to like 300. You get tracks like My Heart Belongs to You, Cry For You, especially when Cry For You came out. Uh, mm. uh, Fiendin', what they are doing is they are giving you the formula you got from the first album. Not formula as in the same songs, but hear the slow jams first. Take them. Because then after that, we're going to get nasty. <laughs> because the rest of the album, they just get nasty. Yeah. I'm cool that they put Josie up here, but still, it's either two albums going here all three albums going here. Remove the, the Drew Hill albums, period. And I and like I would have been okay with it because like Jodeci, like I said, it, they did a they left a mark on R and B. And whether it be for good or bad, and maybe sometime next year, me and Kenny Kyle uh, will will tell you all the reasons, good and bad. Um, but that's top secret. They did so much for like R and B in the nineties, but still complex fucked up. Let's keep it one hundred now. Number seven. Is one in a million. That's the, yeah, that's the yeah. Game. I might, I might keep it. I might keep that that number. Yeah. If I made my own list, I think I would keep that that number. Timbaland and, and Missy gave her the tone that she needed. I always had my eyes on this one particular guy. I was too shy, so I decided to write. I'm sending. Page letter, and I enclosed it with a key. Oh, and when 
damn near flawless. Yeah, all those things that you talked about with Timbaland putting in baby, like, you know, just like other sounds incorporating into the music to make it music. Couldn't nobody touch it's, that. It's, yeah, it's so many. It's like so many. His production style back then was so crazy. So crazy. So crazy. All the different sounds and the way he was layering and the way he was moving from, from you know, like the main part of the song to like a bridge or like it was just it was amazing. and then the writing that they did for like with him and Missy did for Leah. Like the song's like one in a million is just a fantastic song. Hot like fire, four page letter. Like all the hits, it was a it was a nice trio. It was those two people finally get to the point to really craft something for an artist and mm. bring something out of them that we we never saw before. Yeah, man, it's just a shit. Like, yeah, man, like that that album. I ain't mad at number seven. Number six. Let me tell you about this girl. Maybe I should. I met her in Philly, and her name was Brown Sugar. See, we be making love constantly. That's why my eyes are a shade. Blood burgundy. The way that we kiss is unlike any other way that I be kissing. When I'm kissing, what I'm missing, won't you listen? Brown sugar, babe. I guess high up your love. I don't know how to be. D'Angelo's Brown Sugar. Yeah, this shit, this shit hit. Like, what's that song? Shit, damn motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The shit damn motherfucker actually play on radio for y'all? Hell no. It dude, it played here. They just mm. you know they they you know they muted the cuss words out. Because like you nah, would get the man. shh, but you wouldn't get the it, and they would say damn, but then they would get the mother, so it'd be like shh, damn mother. It, that's how it would be. <laughs> that's how. That's, nah. that, 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 they just didn't do it. Yeah, they just didn't do it. They DC, they were just like we're not even gonna play this. They played it, dog. They played it. This is one of those albums, man. Ten tracks. You play it all the way through. All Brown way through. sugar. Mm-hmm. All right. Me and those dream but eyes of mine. Yeah, man. Cruising. Um, Lady. Yes. This when, dude, man. This dude, When we get by, that was my song too. Oh man, this this like this whole album. Once again, like think about it. Think about like how diverse R and B was around this time, right? You could have R&B groups like Blackstreet, Boys the Man, Jodeci. You could have, quote-unquote, Neo Soul with Erykah Badu, Maxwell, and Bilal. So a lot of people don't remember yeah. Bilal. And once again, I think he's just one of those dudes where it's just there's just so many people out there. It's just like it was hard to, like, make that lane. And, you know, but then you still had, like, the cats like Babyface. You had Mariah Carey. Like, there's just, just like, that's SWV. Like, the sounds, like, there were so many sounds. And I'm sure there are a lot of sounds right now. If you listen to mainstream R&B, you sure as fuck ain't getting it. So, nah, um, man. but um, but no, nah, man. Like, but yeah, let's see this that part of that time when this came out and that Urban Hang Suite mm-hmm. and that Baduism. Yeah, I think it was like three years. It was like bong 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 bong, and that was I think that's this that's the shift because that's around the same time when a lot of underground rappers all started to pop off too. Yeah. That's when the roots really kind of exploded. And like you know, then later on, and we got most, and it's a little bit black star, and it was just this really this 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 like shift, this you know poetry reading, that love Jones shit, <laughs> that love Jones shit, yeah. yeah man, like yeah man, D'Angelo shit was dope man. Yeah. This this album Brown Sugar, 
Yeah. And even though and even though I do enjoy voodoo, I enjoy voodoo a lot. Um, at least for its art, art, its artistic merit, it still can't touch brown sugar. So I can't. I can't switch two up. I can just let both rock. Um, like it's just that shit is today. That shit is a mac. Like he took it to a whole nother level. Like I'm kind of weird because I kind of like. To me, when I count decades, I either go from like one to like the beginning of, the, of like. So it'd be like ninety one to two thousand, or I go mm-hmm. from ninety, let's say ninety nine, because I'm kind of just like for me. Brown Sugar and Voodoo are 90s albums because then he went away. He just disappeared. Like, I don't consider him having a 2000 album. Like, he wasn't around. He left. Yeah. He had his issues. And who knows if we'll ever, if we'll ever get another from D'Angelo. Yeah, who knows? He's just, I guess he's right now happy just playing. Yeah. I know he had like a, like, he's probably like the Liberation Tour in 2012. Man, like, and I know he's shown up on other people's stuff when, uh, before, um, Raphael Sadiq like reinvented himself and he had like Raphael had like a solo album in like the late 90s um I remember like and he had a song called You Should Be Here and D'Angelo was on it and like that was the last time I saw D'Angelo before Voodoo and then after that didn't see him again <laughs> you know like I mean like he disappeared like Billy Ocean Billy Ocean has has done more in the last 10 years like just performing really dude Billy Ocean is out in them streets Damn, I ain't know Billy Ocean was out there. Billy Ocean has been like singing, like just touring nonstop for like the like the last 10, 15 years though. Get that money. Caribbean yeah. Queen. Yo, do be- uh, dream. That was the jam. Yeah, was that song produced by Teddy Riley, no less. If, mm. if I remember right. Mm. Uh, he had a hand in it. Powerful. Powerful. But what was crazy is when you see Billy Ocean, it could be like 105 degrees at, at like this massive concert like over in the UK, Europe, wherever, however. He come out, kids lose their minds, adults lose their minds. Once again, it's 100 plus degrees. He is out in a dark suit, got, got like white dreads, and he's just moving and singing his ass off, sweat through the suit, don't care. He just going through it. Because that's Billy Ocean. Because that's what you're supposed to do. So, I, much respect. Now, number five. And this is where I got a problem because don't is it number five worthy? Is that your issue? Is it number five worthy? It is not number five worthy. I know, right? It's not yeah. number five worthy. Okay, like I'll I'll give you maybe like you know like I said lower half. I'm not giving you top ten on this. Joints on there. I ain't gonna lie. Breakdown came out. Breakdown. Break yeah, that shit was dope. <laughs> yeah. Honey, honey, honey song. Especially when the remix Honey came out with like a Mace on it or whatever. Mace and the, the locks, locks or whatever. Listen, Honey is dope. My All is dope. The Roof is cool. Breakdown is cool. Baby Doll is alright. <laughs> to me, the hiccup on the album is the cover of Princess the Beautiful Ones featuring Drew Hill. I was like, I think that's a mistake. Like this album a lot, okay? I really do. But no way it's top five. I'm sorry. Yeah, not an R&B album. Not to me. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. Like, I'm replacing that with Baduism right there. There's no hate here. None whatsoever. But I just can't put that at five. So that's why I'm just gonna leave that. I'm gonna leave it there. 
But it, I'm, I'm happy for him because I'm proud of him because I thought they was also going to put Rainbow in there too. Then I've been really upset. Oh, I, uh, you know, I kind of, oh. I got kind of got issues with that one. Anyway, number four. I ain't mad at this being number four. No, Crazy School was huge. Yes, it was. Creep, kick your game. Dig, baby, baby face dig produce, dig it on you. Red light special. Waterfalls. Waterfalls. Let's do it again. Yes. Prince, the Prince cover. Yes. If I was your girlfriend. That was smooth, man. It, it, was, it was so smooth. Like Prince just came out of nowhere. Like, he just came out somewhere and just like, I really like this song. And then it just disappeared. Like in 95. Like people was like, where Prince at? He came out. I was like, man, that song is really great. I'm out. <laughs> and then like he went back into wherever he was wherever he went yeah. to switch <laughs> i think that was a jermaine dupree track but yeah. by the end of 1995 crazy sexy cool had sold a whopping 11 million copies and has since more than doubled that it remains the best-selling american girl group album of all time holding court with nevermind purple rain and off the wall and sound scans era esteemed 20 million club 20 million records dog it's crazy sexy cool man but the production, Dallas Austin, Jermaine Dupri, Organized Noise, you know, and those, those little cats, like if you know of Organized Noise, they collaborated with Outkast, a lot of the Dungeon family. Chucky Thompson, a producer a lot of people don't talk about. He's had his hands in a lot of stuff. <sighs> if you never listen to Crazy Sexy Cool, I don't know what your problem is. You can't even say you listen to 90s music if you ain't listening to Crazy Sexy Cool. No doubt, no doubt. Like, this is my favorite TLC album. It's my yeah, it's the best one. Yeah, no doubt. But although Ooh on the TLC tip should have been on this should have been in this list though too. Ooh on the TLC ship and fan mail should have been on this list. But that's my thing. Yeah, like fan you can't talk about the nineties without no scrubs and uh yeah. unpretty and all that type of yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. But see, but the thing is, do you feel that though that fan mail is more of a pop album than an R and B album? It's an R and B pop album. I don't think they ever they, they never lost that that edge okay i don't think they ever really lost that edge okay and also it, to me it has it's at a time where it still had too much rapping in it for you can ever get saw something pop it wasn't yeah. it's not like now like juicy jays on a Katy perry song or like Nicki minaj swings between worlds with with effortless ease of <laughs> rapping in crazy voices and then singing about spaceships yes you know like you did this nah it was the 90s okay you was rapping you was edge you was black like that, that yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it 20 million copies that's amazing i got this album on christmas this shit was amazing babyface writing digging on you digging on you is one of the coolest slow jams it's just so smooth it's just like i, I dig you you dig me let's let's you know let's do something yeah, like yeah, it was effortless in the way uh, T. Boz and, and Chili really sung their parts, really, really pushed it to that level. Like yeah, it's funny you can get to a point like I can listen to a song and I can tell when Babyface writes it. I even had that back then when I was a kid. I was like, I listen to that much. It's like, like that's a Babyface song. Yes, he puts words together this way. Like he, it's the way he writes songs. You can you can tell. 
it was a babyface song. No what doubt. It was a babyface song. Man, babyface did so much for the 90s. Now, number three. The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill from 1998. Yeah, I can't be mad at that. Nope. Because this is probably the only one on here that you could actively say is the top is a top five album for like two completely different musical genres. It's a top five. It's it's, pro, it's actually it's a top ten rap album of all time. Period. Top five R and B record of the nineties. It's Lauryn Hill. Like it was equally as much singing as it was rhyming and. Yeah, it's yeah. X Factor to Zion, doo wop when her so bad. She did a duet with Mary J. Blige. Yeah, I used to love him right there. Nothing even matters. Oh, slow it there. Yes, yes. Oh, oh, oh. Now the skies could fall. Not even if my boss should call. The world seems so very small. Cause nothing even matters. At all, see nothing even matters. See nothing even matters at all. Nothing even matters. Nothing even matters at all. Your love makes me feel ten feet tall. Everything is everything. She sang and rapped almost most of them, but like the ones where she was just really just singing on it, it's like you can't deny them, James. No, you because like I remember when Doo Wop that thing came out and folks tried to front on that. I'm, You'll be singing that all summer, so don't front. Like I don't even know how how can people front on that. I heard that I was like. I was like, oh shit, it's just L Boogie by herself though. <laughs> like, like, oh, yeah. this is crazy. Yes. Then the album came out like this came out like when I literally the album came out like my first week of college in New York City, in Brooklyn. It's all you heard in Brooklyn my first three days in in, in school. It was that and then it went to freaking Freaking, uh, can I get a fuck you from fucking Jay Z? It was like, <laughs> it was Mr. Coach Lloyd Hill, Rush Hour soundtrack, yes, new joint by uh, by Tribe, yeah. Find a Way. The, the, that was the it. Love movement, yeah, the love, movement. yeah, the love yeah. movement. Like yeah. Find a Way just came out. Like that's all I remember hearing the last week of August in the year nineteen ninety eight. <laughs> like, like, yeah, this album, like, Lauryn Hill, yeah, Miss Education, Lauryn Hill, I can't, can't fault them. I can't even fault them to put in number three. No, I, no, I can't either, because it needs to be there. <laughs> it could be there for X Factor alone. That album was power, flat out. But number two, though. You remind me of something. 
I just can't think of what it is. Uh. You remind me of my dream. Me going crazy, use it. No, I want you real bad. And girl, I really you putting R. Kelly in there, and for the people who listening, you're like, what? But she was just talking about 12 play. R. Kelly's second album was called R. Kelly. No one talks about the second album like that. <laughs> if people talk about things like you remind me, you know, you remind me of my Jeep. Like it's all right. Like it's all right. See, you know what I'm saying? But, but it's low caliber Kells. You know what I'm saying? It's not high quality Kells. But that's the problem though. This is what I mean, okay? This is this is what I mean by R. Kelly. When he realized with that like that three the three or four songs that are like lumped back to back to back on twelve play, like I like to crotch on you, summer bunnies, as ridiculous mm-hmm. as those are, nobody ever questions R. Kelly's lyrics. So he writes whatever the fuck he wants and they become songs and somehow they become hits. You remind me of something. You remind me of my Jeep. Like, how is this even a song? They played this shit a shit. Out. Yeah, it was a hit. It was a hit. You yeah. remind me of my Jeep. I was like, that's that's before I knew how to eloquently talk about issues regarding the way yeah. <laughs> men objectify women back there. Yeah. Well, I was like, that's a bit far. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Beyond a bit far. I think there's a lot of really great songs on this album, though. The production's so smooth, you don't really listen to the lyrics like Hump Bounce track two. The beat is banging. Yeah. So you don't li- really listen to the, to, the, to the lyrics, you just listen to the beat. Step into my room, same thing. But like slow songs like Baby, 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 Baby. I'm like, did you steal that from hey, the Keys? Did you, did you steal that from the Keys Sweat Playbook? It's a joint though. And he's still like really vibing off this Isley Brothers sound in this album in spots too. But he would do joints like You To Be Happy with Notorious B.I.G. Started dissing, uh-huh. spitting in faces in public places. Rolex with wood faces, had you jipper for months. Made some dough, did some shows, now you're starting to front. Smoking blunts on the veranda with Amanda. She filling your head with he said, she said. Papa doing this, Papa doing that. But don't tell him I said it, cause my Jeep might get wetted. Forget it, go on, take her word like the Quran. Y'all stay friends, I stay in smoke-filled benzes. I regret putting you on to baguettes. Honeysuckle sets, Vicky secret pajama sets. You was a Reebok vandal, now you wear Chanel sandals. I made you, why would I play you? Think about it while the streets you roam is gone. Peas and Christie's in the fridge when you get home, huh? And I think the reason why this album got put up this high by Complex is for for Down Low. With the Isley Brothers. Not to mention the big, basically, maxi CD single slash movie thing for Down Low, including the Down Low remix. Down Low remix. Yeah, I remember that. Down Low remix. Yes. The video, that was special right there. Down Low came out. Yeah. 
That re that totally reinvigorated the Ozzy Brothers career. Yeah, because then yeah. like Ronald got to be this new character, the Mister Big Mr. character Big's with the suits and the cane and the, like. I ain't mad at. It. I ain't putting the R. Kelly album this far up. No, 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 no. Down low, and and yet I can't sleep. Like I can't sleep. That's my. That's my shit. That's a. That's a. That's a hit. But nah, man, this is making my like lower forties. If I put it in there at all, like if I'm making like singles for the nineties, them two joints, definitely. I ain't putting. You mean you put R. Kelly in over the R? Are you? Fucking <laughs> kidding me! Look, like the R, like the R album is 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 a is a bloated double disc, but it's still I think it's still better than this R Kelly second album, quote unquote R Kelly. It's the R and R and B, son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When a woman's fed up, come on, yeah. man. She was raised like, in Illinois, right outside Chicago. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> That's my favorite part. That's my favorite part. <laughs> That R that that album is the R and R like you putting first of all you putting R Kelly over twelve play that's a problem bugging yes I don't know what they listening to I don't even know if they understood the impact you know what I'm saying people wasn't really flexing on R Kelly album when it was coming when that came out no 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 it was it was people just talking about like oh his song you rhyme me in my jeep whatever they even played that joint they played it but it was like now you know i can't sleep was that little late night that's that quiet song that's that slow jam that get played and of course down low everybody love it but nah man like over 12 play though you made this number two you put this over 12 play Nah, man. You put this joint over all, all the other joints we just talked about? Nah, man. You bugging. You don't understand. You don't understand. What y'all, what y'all talk about? Y'all was trying to remember how it was when you was running around a cookout or something? <laughs> when, you, when you were growing when folks was talking, you see your big brother go outside, your big sister going through issues with boys or girls or whatever, and you want to try to remember how things was? Like, you don't even know, man. I don't even, I don't even understand. No. I, you you bug. I I, I I like I said I don't get it either. So I just I just let it ride. But like I said, that's what complex does. They, they, they make just, you mad on purpose. They make you mad on purpose. But at number one, I gotta admit I was really surprised that they put this at number one. But I'm at least I'm glad they acknowledged the album. How can I love somebody? Blige's My Life in 1994. Yeah, for a second, I was like, where the hell is this at? Like, I was getting maybe mad. I was like, yo, the second Mary J album better be on here. You ain't be putting the third album on here yeah. and the first album on here, and you ain't gonna put the second album on. The second album, even though there's mad covers on this album, it's just fucking awesome. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no, no doubt. I mean, like, think about it. It's one of those things where, like, she was going through, like, a real tough time, you know, when they, when before making this album. All of that came out on this album. All of it. Yeah, you do got covers, but still, like they're you, great covers. Yeah, like songs <laughs> like yeah, songs like but songs like you bring me joy, 
but better yet, be happy. And it's not like there's any skippable tracks on this. I'm not worried. I'm not even talking about interludes. You don't skip nothing on here. Nah, you don't. And, you not, only, go. and not only that, there are songs on this album that for other artists would be like A-plus singles that didn't even get released. When Don't Go comes on, Don't Go is so is so dope that on the One More Chance remix, they was like, we got to somehow put this in here. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't go as that jam. People still sleep on that joint. But like, yeah, the cover's like, I'm going down. Oh, come on, man. Just, my life. Yeah, my life. I'm on my life. Yeah, man. Yo, just, it's, it's, it's like this culmination of 90s, a blend of 90s R&B, hip-hop, soul with 70s soul. And what you get from it is one of the most beautiful R&B albums in the history of R&B. And I think for me, this was like the first album where I realized where, okay, this person is literally, they're putting their life into this record. They're putting their rough times into this record. They're putting their heartbreak into this record. This shit is truly heartfelt. Every track. It's just, it's just dope. So I'm good with this being at number one. I'm good with it. This list as a whole, though, whack as fuck. Mm whack as fuck because for like like i said for all this good stuff that's in here so many albums that were not put on here once again no 112 no joe no new no new edition reunion album no ralph tresman first solo cd i don't even care how you feel about the record but like bobby brown's bobby album with humping around and stuff like that that shit was banging and people played the shit out of album getaway was that jam Oh, you want to hear my five that I'm mad about that's not on this list? First up is the Love Jones soundtrack. Came yes. out in 97. This joint had, first it started out with, you know, stuff from the movie, but it had like Dion Ferris songs on here. The Sweetest Thing joint by, from Lauren Hill. Mm-hmm. The little I Got Love Jones from Refugee Camp All-Stars. Of course, it had, you know, Maxwell Some Songs was already ready to that. that. That Groove Theory song had some Escape on there. Michelle Eliocello's on there. Kenny Lattimore's on there. How you we gonna have that? That joint was a moment. That movie captured the whole feel of the 90s R&B right there. So like it seems like all those songs, that movie was capturing what all them shits was about. These motherfuckers gonna have a 90s R&B list. 
and not gonna have with Deontay. These motherfuckers ain't gonna have I'm your baby tonight, ain't gonna be on that. Better yet. The joint post getting booed, reaffirming her, her blackness on some yeah. shit or some, oh, you motherfuckers is mad though? Best, I don't mess with, I don't mess with the face. Yep. Get them to hook me up. I'm your baby tonight. All the man you need, I belong to you. My, my name is not Susan. The whole, the whole, the album. whole album, whole album. But but let's not forget, and you may have this on this li- on your list. My love is your love. And I feel like I wanna go home. It's okay if you're coming with me. That was supposed to be a greatest hits compilation album, and she was just gonna go to do two songs for it. And she felt it so much, like she got she. I think she finished that album in less than six weeks. That album, that's to me, it's like one of Whitney's best albums ever. How about this? The Bodyguard soundtrack. There it is. You can't talk about anything between the years of 1990 to 1995 without talking about the Bodyguard soundtrack. The Bodyguard was huge. Like it was a soundtrack that was a that was a Whitney Houston album. <laughs> yeah, not only that though, but like they had other acts on it too, and and this was the thing. Whitney was so powerful, she didn't have to make full albums. That joint had a Kenny G track on there. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Whitney Houston was so powerful that her next three albums were soundtracks, so they weren't even technically full albums for her. But she was so powerful. They, it was just claimed as her album. Like I said before, Bodyguard, Waiting to Exhale, The Preacher's Wife. Preacher's Wife. Like, how you even had a bodyguard? Like, it had one of the biggest songs of all time on it. I Will Always Love You. Yeah. I'm Every Woman. Yes. Queen of the Night. Yeah, it's dope. Then, these motherfuckers ain't put the Boomerang soundtrack on there. That's one of the biggest soundtracks of the 90s. Is it my turn to wish you were lying? Is it my turn to hold you by your hands? Tell you I love you and you hear me. Is it my turn to totally understand? To watch you walk out of my life and not do a damn thing. Whoa, I begin with the feeling that. 
That's an R&B record. One song alone gets you that. Die Without You by P.M. Dawn. We were introduced to Tony Braxton that way. Love Should Have Brought You Home Last Night. Babyface featuring Tony Braxton, Give You My Heart. Shanice, Don't Want to Love You. Um, it's got the Road a, is on there. Yeah, End of the Road. Yeah, Boys and Men, End of the Road, yeah. There You Go by Johnny Gill, son. Don't even get me started. It was like heaven. I had hot sex on a platter on it. Suckers walking around talking about they can get some, but that five is nine sniper, no can do. And if you take out for dope, then ask the other two when I proceed to let you know exactly how to flow. I'm not a law doctor, so just suckle with the hoe. Oops, my mistake, I didn't know you went with. I should have And then you gonna put on Urban Hanks week, but you ain't gonna put on Embryo. They fucked up. You, you ain't putting no Embryo. Yeah. Luxury Cocoa Cure. That That's the jam. Matrimony. That's the jam. You can just chill with that luxury drink. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. The, mo- the motherfucking second album is just as bad. And you want to be putting a lure on your list. <laughs> I forgot a little had an album, dog. I just remember them from covering the goddamn Lisa Lisa Call Jam record. You but putting on the into the Drew, and you ain't putting the Bodyguard on your list. You talking about you putting a R and B list? You ain't got no Whitney Houston on the list. Nope. No. Well, no. For them, for them, the Wayne Takes Hell soundtrack counts as. See, nah, man. See, that's my spot. See, I, I feel you. Yeah. But that to me, that album right, is though. Whitney and Mary J. Blige. If you want to go from the two big singles from that album, it's half Whitney, it's half Mary J. Blige, and it's all goddamn babyface. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. These folks didn't do their research. This is why we discomplex so much on this podcast, y'all. Y'all can do better. See, with rap, I think they trolling. I can, yeah. I can let them go. Like, oh, you young, you trolling, you just trying to make me mad. Yeah. R&B, you just sound stupid. You shouldn't talk about R&B. You don't know nothing about that. That's grown folks. We ain't got no Vibe magazine. Well, if Vibe magazine's a site right now. But if you don't even, like, nah, man, you shouldn't even talk. They ain't even got none of them crazy, crazy cool uh, Quincy Jones Compilation that records up in there that had nope. freaking everybody under the sun in there singing all good. How do you not have they, like Hughes Juke joint on there? First of all, they got a lure on the list. I ain't got no Tamia. That first Tamia album is nice. They probably ain't even know to me who Tamia is. I'm so into you. How long was that the jam? It was so much the jam. Almost a decade later, Fabulous was like, I gotta sample this dog. I gotta sample this. And then originally had Ashanti singing the hook for it mm-hmm. and was like, I gotta get I gotta get to I gotta go get to Mia. <laughs>
have gone on long enough discussing why Complex is whack at times. I, I want to thank Julian for getting my riles up and getting my dander up. So, man, y'all gonna else. enjoy this episode. This joint gonna be long. It's gonna get y'all through like a road trip or something. Yeah, people need to listen to that when they come to, when they come to Baltimore Comic Con or something. When they find the <laughs> wherever they gotta go, this is a long one. Y'all gonna who's, y'all don't know about this R&B music. Y'all gonna learn something today. Before we go, as always, Julian, I need you to tell the people where they can find you on the internet. Uh, you can just find me at um, find me on Twitter, Julian Lytle, L-Y-T-L-E. It's how you spell my last name, and um. Find me on my site. It's my name.com. You can find me on the internet. Find me on these gaming things. Eventually, I'll get back to drawing some ants. And you can find that ants at julianlyle.com. And occasionally, I'll put up a, a podcast myself at ignorant-bliss.com. I won't be talking about R&B music because I got it all out of my system here. <laughs> but yeah, y'all, y'all better take this in. This is... Y'all can pause this or whatever. Y'all can let it go, let it ride. You know, remember your place. Well, thank you. Thank you, Julian, for being on the show. And no problem. You know, you know I'm going to have you back again because, you know, we always got plenty to talk about. That's right. And that concludes this week's Black Box. The Black Box is a member of the HHWLOD Podcast Network and is available at HHWLOD.com, where you can download previous episodes of this podcast, as well as Donnie Salvo's Tales from the Attic and John Carroll's The Carroll Chronicles. This podcast is also available on iTunes. The Black Box is also a member of the Comics Podcast Network. If you're on iTunes or the Forum for Geeks board, feel free to leave us a comment. You can also reach the podcast at blackboxpodcast1 at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next episode, dream big, hustle hard, and never stop. Hey everybody, this is Sean from the Black Box Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Yeah, it's been a while since we dropped one, but uh, this episode is so massive, I figured uh, this will hold you off for a while. So tell all your friends about it, especially if they like 90s R&B music. Get a taste of it and hopefully they enjoy it. Doesn't matter how you listen to it, how long it takes to you to listen to it, just enjoy it because it's going to be the only episode you're going to have for a while because it took forever to edit. <laughs> and it was just better to give it to you in one big taste rather than try to piece it out week by week by week. So enjoy this episode and do me a favor. Um, it's been a while. We used to have iTunes reviews back in the day before the HHWLOD site that, that hosts the Black Box went down a few years ago. And since then, you know, I've reposted all the episodes. You can get them on iTunes. If you get a moment, uh, leave the podcast a podcast review on iTunes. Uh, you know you know the saying, the more reviews you get, uh, the, the more the podcast is visible to other people. So I just want to see, if, you know, maybe we get a couple of reviews. Maybe that'll help things a little bit. Um, if you can do it, cool. If not, I ain't sweating it. I do the show regardless. So, uh, so yeah, so I'd appreciate that, though. Now, the last thing I want to do before we close out this podcast, I want to give you a, spe- a special bonus treat. Uh, this technically can go as a 90s R&B track, but it's really more bass music than anything else. And it was extremely popular, I want to say, back in 1994. Uh, it was from the So So Deaf Bass All-Star CD, Ghost Town DJs, Mabu. You enjoy this and let it ride. See you all in a few weeks. Secret admirer 
Please